be sure to check out the new boxagimmicks.com. It's the official store of What Happened When, where you can get all of your podcast gimmicks, hats, masks, posters, mugs, and more. So check out boxagimmicks.com. Also visit loisrules.com to find all the latest What Happened When gear. That's loisrules.com. There's no better time to say I love you, and the most hated jeweler in America is at it again. You've heard us say I hate stevensinger.com, and you've heard us rave about his famous roses. But Steven Singer has been selling diamonds and bridal jewelry for four decades. Whether you have someone or something to celebrate, Steven is there for you. Ready to take the next step? Steven has a ready for love engagement ring collection that's no hassle, no risk, expertly picked engagement rings that are ready to go. Don't worry, Steven won't let you mess this up. He's been selling online for over two decades, but recently he's kicked everything up a notch to better serve his friends and guests online. He has real expert jewelers on call to help you find the perfect ring or gift through new virtual video appointments, calls, texts, chats, or emails, all with extended hours. On top of that, he offers the best guarantee in the business with a full 100-day, 100% money-back guarantee and free shipping. Interest-free financing is available online too, and that's just the beginning. Gifts that say I love you every single day, backed with decades of experience in the comfort of your own home, it's easy. Just go to IHateStevenSinger.com. Fast, free, and safe shipping. Steven Singer Jewelers. That's IHateStevenSinger.com. Hey, everybody. Thanks for listening to the podcast today. We greatly appreciate your support. But before we get started, I want to give you a little pro tip about what I've been doing sort of behind the scenes here. Saving people money. That's SaveWithConrad.com. Just ask Michael up in Katy, Texas. He hooked us up with a five-star review. And why did he do that? Well... Here's why he writes from the beginning, Francis, Derek, and the whole team were welcoming. It felt great to have a personal touch to the refinance process. Even though it was all done virtually, we went from a 30 year loan down to just a 15 year loan and we knew the payment would go up a little, but the potential savings was worth it. In the end, we saved over $80,000 by refinancing. Yes. Our monthly payment went up slightly, but the savings from the cash will help us pay off our debt and keep more of our money in our pockets each month. That's right. He got rid of some other debt. He's got cheaper monthly payments now overall. And oh yeah, saved more than $80,000. How much can you save? Find out right now for free. You don't need perfect credit or money out of your pocket. And it just takes about 10 minutes to find out how much money you can save for free at savewithconrad.com. NMLS number 65084, equal housing lender. And oh yeah, did I mention no house payments for two months? Look it up right now at savewithconrad.com. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the main event. Welcome to WHW Monday. Tony Schiavone and Conrad Thompson. Jim Crockett, first arcade, 605 NWA. TV title, Cajun Omni, the bunkhouse stampede. Flair and Horseman, Garvin, Bogey, Magnum, Dusty, Express Tactics. Turner bought in Mid-South Joy World Championship Wrestling. Talking about the great years of World Championship Wrestling, the NWA and Jim Crockett Promotions. Tony and first North, they win. Look, Shivani's back again. World title split off center stage. Bischoff, Disney, Hogan, and Nitro. New World Order and the Crow. Thunder Russo, Arquette Champ, Vinnie Mac, simulcast. Tony's back with Conrad, not your classy podcast. Watch along, try not to laugh, Lois rules, cat bath. This wasn't the initial plan, Tom's a good looking man. Quandike Bill, make a chair. Tommy 
Conrad Thompson, and you're listening to What Happened When? With the voice of your childhood, Tony Schiavone. Tony, what's going on, man? How are you? Hey, Conrad, how you doing, man? Today. Yeah, I'm so good. I'm, I'm happier than a puppy with two Peters. It's going to be a great day today. Okay. Um, little uh, information for you to start out the show. Okay. A little information for you and Ryan Duff. Uh-oh. I'm from Craigsville, Virginia. Uh-oh. Okay. Virginia. I've got, I've got people. I got people at home. Okay. I got people back home that say, Hey, I say what? Hey, uh, first of all, I say, can I borrow some money? Sure. <laughs> Does they know? Say also, uh, I noticed on loisrules.com that a shirt says Craigsville, West Virginia. And I said, well, that's because Conrad likes to fuck around with me. And that's a joke. And they say, well, but you do realize there is a Craigsville, West Virginia too. So you're promoting that town and not promoting the town that you're from. And so that's, we're fucking mad because they're more redneck than we are. And I said, no, I doubt it, but just I'll let you know. Can Craigsville, we, uh, Virginia. Have you listened to our show? I mean, do you hear the words? No, I, I don't listen to our show. My, but do you hear the words that come out of my mouth? Well, didn't you hear what I just said? That I told them that you're that you're fucking with me like you do. But you're actually doing you're promoting you're promoting a real town. If there was no Craigsville, West Virginia, it would be, haha, that's funny. But there is a Craigsville, West Virginia, so it makes me look stupid. Oh, like you mean like you are? <laughs> As I said the word stupid out of my mouth, I need the fuck I shouldn't have said that. I'm just saying. So then I get in touch with Ryan. Who the fuck is Ryan Duff, number one? All okay. right. I'm glad you asked. So there okay. is the Ryan Barkin, who is the kingpin of all pro wrestling merchandise over at Pro Wrestling Tees. And then we've got, I mean, he's like the ultimate warrior of wrestling merchandise. Okay. Like everybody is fired up. He's drawing money. He's colorful. Mm. He's vibrant. He's breathed new life into a dying industry. He's the ultimate warrior of pro wrestling merch. He's got a badass theme song. Got a good gimmick. Tremendous. And then we've got our renegade, mm. Ryan Duff. He's high on Ryan on Twitter if you want to give him shit. And uh, I, I guess it's probably a year ago. We decided to put together a little brain trust where once upon a time I would listen to the shows or obviously I would do the shows and I would make notes as we're going through about, Hey, that would be a good shirt. And then I would think about what the design would be and communicate back and forth. And now, since I have so fucking many podcasts, mortgages, wives, dogs, etc., I just needed somebody to help take that part over. So I, I, I tagged him in. And, uh, he's making really bad shirts for us now over at lowestrules.com and boxofgimmicks.com. We don't ever talk about that, but we should mention that sometimes you're like, man, uh, I really wish I had a fucking <laughs> WHW dog food bowl 
Believe it or not, they tell me that shit actually exists. Oh, like, my God. You can get ties and headphones and hats and stickers and baby onesies. I will tell you this, though. Like the tumbler, like the fake Yeti cups that we do. Yeah. Uh, those are badass. I've been rocking those around the pool. Those are legit. Let me tell you something about Ryan Duff. I sent him an email and said, you know, what the fuck Craigsville, West Virginia, you know how wrong that is. And here's what he said. Well, let me see what I can come up with. It's funny. I live in Lynchburg, Virginia, which isn't that far away from Craigsville. And I'm originally from a small town in West Virginia. That's not too far from Craigsville, West Virginia, small world, small towns. And I didn't realize Ryan Duff was white trash redneck. But apparently he is. Have you not seen his fucking mullet? <laughs> so he's come up with a new design for Craigsville, Virginia. And I think I'm going to buy a couple of those and send them to my family. Well, my favorite shirt that he's made for us. Uh, I guess there's two really, really good. Three really, really good ones to me. Uh, I broke Lois's arm. instead <laughs> of I, I broke. That's popular here at the house, by the way. <laughs> That tickles me. Uh, I also love just plain black. What looks like iron on letters. Any bitch can get it. I think that would be good on a koozie on a tank top, whatever. But then the shirt that I need you to wear to AW talk a production meeting where, you know, Taz is going to be there as a black shirt with white letters that says non bumper. That's good stuff. That is good stuff, man. I'm getting that. And when we go back to meetings after the pandemic is over, well, we do our meetings by phone now. I was good to go to say after the pandemic, the pandemic will never end. All right. Um, do this. Wear that non-bumper shirt mm-hmm. and walk right up to Eddie Kingston, who shout out to AEW for inking the band, the King Eddie Kingston. But when Eddie's back around and you're there, wear that shirt right over to him. And point your finger at him and say, Dairy Queen is the fucking best. And oh yeah, don't you forget this. And then just point to your shirt, non-bumper. Because he's going to want to try to put hands on you. And you don't want that. <laughs> okay. you got. I'm going to do that. Non-bumper. non-bumper. That's, a great, that's, that's a great shirt to wear in the back. Backstage area in AEW, isn't it? Tremendous. I can't think of a better one. Yeah, so... There you go, Ryan Duff. All right, Tony, let's run a timeout right now and talk about something that has been well-established here on the show. Mm-hmm. I love talking to you about your little baby dick. And I know you've been working on it. You've been trying to trim it up a little bit, make it look a little bigger. But there's now something you can do to really get your dick on the gas. Of course, we're talking about performance enhancement drugs for your penis meats it's bluechew.com it's a chewable and if you got the blue tongue at the end like jim ross you know that's about to be your ass because he's going to stomp a mud hole in you and walk it dry you hear me and why is that exactly well because what jim has been chewing is the world's first chewable with the same active ingredients as both viagra and cialis And I know you can be intimidated by Jim, but I want you to know you don't have to be intimidated by this because you get to skip the in-person doctor's appointment instead 
you work with a blueshoe.com affiliated physician to find the right dose and active ingredient for you. And because it's prescribed online, it's cheaper than the other two because there's no doctor's appointment. Also, too, you don't have to wait in line at the pharmacy to tell the hot chick behind the counter, hey, I need some shit for my dick meats. Instead, it shows up to your house in discreet packaging. Yeah. By the way, I'm glad it's discreet packaging because that way you can sneak it in the house and put on a show that will get you five stars anywhere in the world. Maybe seven in the Tokyo Dome. It's bluechew.com. And by the way, this isn't just for guys like you, Tony, who can't get it up anymore. This is for guys my age who just want a five-star performance. They want, when they're done, for their girl to walk bow-legged, pick up her phone, and then text all of her friends about how you're the real Iron Man. Like a scalded dog. Okay, we'll go with that. I never had sex with a dog, but things are different in Craigsville, <laughs> no, West said, Virginia. Oh, I was using another JRism. Okay. Oh, like a okay. beat it like a government mule. Right. See yeah. If that got thing it really is tougher than a two dollar steak. Got it. Yeah. It got so hard. Got so hard quickly, like a scalded dog. Something like that. Well, even a cat couldn't scratch. Here's what we're talking right. about: confidence in the bedroom. All right. And if you're looking for that, if you want to have a better time, you want to last a little longer. You want to feel like a kid again when you're always ready to go. You really do got to try You're going to find these jewels were made in the USA. It really is simple. It's fast. It's easy. You and your partner will love it. And here's a great deal for you guys. When you visit bluechew.com, you get your first order for free. When you uh. use promo code WHW, you just got to pay the $5 shipping. That's B L U E C H E W bluechew.com. And the promo code is WHW. We thank them for sponsoring the podcast and your baby dick, Tony. Chew it and do it, baby. Even if you do have a little one, right? I mean, little dicks, they love it too. Yeah, yeah. Okay. that's what I've been told. <laughs> Bluechew.com. Use that promo code WHW. So, so much for Craigsville on our shirts. How are you doing this week? Well, I would be doing better if we could start talking about our topic today, which of course is ECW Hardcore Heaven 1997. This is the sophomore effort, the follow-up effort, the part two to ECW on pay-per-view. Of course, the first ECW show I ever showed you was barely legal. I'll never forget ever that you nicknamed John Cronus Daryl. And uh, we've just had a lot of fun showing you old ECW. And this show is not very good. The first mm. one was a great effort. Everybody loved it. It was almost more of a, um, it was a movement. Like, I, you know, I know you weren't there, but the, the feeling in the building at All In a couple of years ago in Chicago or the suburbs of Chicago was unlike any other wrestling show I'd ever been to. It felt like all of these fans were together. Not like everybody had their favorites, but we were all here to cheer for something we believed in. Not like, sitting there with our arms folded saying, oh, I hope they entertain us and picking everything apart. It was like, God damn. Yes. These guys have done it on their own. This is so cool. This is wrestling sort of for us by us. And that's the way ECW felt in 1997 with barely legal. So they probably could have had Rob Van Dam come out and just take a shit in the middle of the ring and fans would have gone ECW ECW. <laughs> that's good shit. Such good shit. But of course. <laughs> We know that they actually put together a really good wrestling card, but if you just go back and watch it on its own, which we did, it's not the best pay-per-view you ever saw, but 
it's hard to capture that sort of mood and feeling and moment and sense of unity, if you will. So we come back with a pay-per-view for the second time and all of that is gone. And now we're just watching the show on its own merit. And this show only got 42.7% thumbs up 57.3% thumbs down. Not very well received, but you and I sometimes have fun watching the bad stuff. So I thought, why not? ECW Hardcore Heaven 1997. I want you to fire up your WWE network, click on in ring, scroll down until you see ECW, click 1997, and there it is. August 17th, 1997. It's got a runtime of two hours and 36 minutes. And you've never seen this one, right, T? No, I've never seen it. And well, uh, I got to say, I'm going to love the show already because Taz is in it. I love everything Taz does. I just think, you know, he's the greatest thing ever. And there's nothing like Taz, 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 Taz. So thumbs up for this show. And I haven't even looked at it. Yay, Taz. Lots of fun stuff going on here. Um, I'm not going to say anything about Taz. <laughs> I, I'm too busy right now to, to have that in my life. So, uh, if we've got Lois around, maybe she can mm. get in her hover around or get on that thing that drives her ass up the wall. And to the back cave. Yeah. Oh my God. By the way, mm. since you've installed that thing that now carries Lois up the side of the wall, all the way to the top floor of the Shivani manor, I think it would be cool if you had like a motion activated, like, like speaker gimmick where it could kick on the 1989 Batman theme song. Oh, where he's like driving the fucking Batmobile through the dark streets and shit like that. Well, what if she's coming up the mountain, that music played, A, it would give you a warning to close out Whitney Wright's OnlyFans, and B, it would give you a chance to pretend that your chubbery was based on the fact, not that you had been on Whitney Wright's OnlyFans, but that your wife was coming upstairs to the Batman theme song. That's a pretty good idea. I, I would love that. And by the way, Whitney Wright really does have an OnlyFans and she yeah. can't, uh, she, they're not really shooting traditional adult content right now because of the pandemic. So Whitney Wright uh, needs your help. Go sign up for her OnlyFans at Whitney Wright XXX. It's, uh, OnlyFans.com. And then just look up Whitney Wright XXX. You'll be glad you did. I love Whitney. She's a nice lady. Yes. That's why I love her. She's a nice lady. Her profession may be something that a lot of people look and go, eh, but she's a nice person. And it just goes to show you that in every walk of life, with the exception of politics, there are nice people. Well, Good people. I, uh, I'm glad that, you know, we've got a fan in her and, and certainly she's got a fan in us. She spends a lot of her time on Twitter, uh, which you can, Finder at Whitney Wright X promoting our show, which is awfully nice of her. That's very nice of her. And she's very talented too. A lovely young woman. All right, Tony, before we get going, we got to, uh, we got to tell everybody something new that you and I have both been doing. Uh, and that's reliving our childhood, not just through watching wrestling, but as a kid, I used to wake up and watch wrestling first thing in the morning on Saturday. I guess when I was a really younger kid, I watched cartoons, but eventually Saturday and Sunday mornings were about syndicated wrestling. 
and cereal. And cereal was one of the best parts of being a kid, but eventually you grow up and realize, well, I probably need to start eating a little differently. Uh, turns out the stuff I loved was not all that good for me. And if you've been trying to cut down on carbs or sugar or unhealthy food and start to feel like you can't eat anything anymore, let me tell you, breakfast can be fun again. Thanks to magic spoon and magic spoon helps sponsor this podcast. We greatly appreciate their support and hope that you'll check them out. And here's why you need to check them out. How about zero sugar? Mm. How about 11 grams of protein? What about only three net grams of carbs in each serving? And what if it tasted amazing? You don't have to take my word for it. They got four flavors, something for everybody. Cocoa, fruity, frosted, blueberry. It seems too good to be true, but Tony, this is keto friendly, gluten free, grain free, soy free, low carb, GMO free. I mean, this is cereal that tastes like you remember, but you don't have any of the, well, bad stuff. This is right. cereal that is much, much better for you. It makes you feel like a kid and you don't have any of that weird guilt. I love it. What do you think of Magic Spoon? Well, listen, as a guy who grew up, uh, grew up on Lucky Charms and Cheerios, if I can do those name drop, that was, that was good when I was a kid, but now things have changed. I have tried all four flavors. My favorite is frosted. I know the blueberry fruity and cocoa. They're all great. Frosted is my favorite. It's one of the staples of my mornings. Every morning they're at the Shivani house and we want magic spoon to be at your house as well. Go to magicspoon.com slash WHW to grab a variety pack and try it today. Be sure to use the promo code again, WHW, at to checkout to get free shipping. Magic Spoon is so confident in their product, and we're confident in, in it as well. It's backed up with a 100% happiness guarantee. If you don't like it for any reason, for any reason, they'll refund your money, no questions asked. That's magicspoon.com slash WHW. Use the code WHW, and that'll get you free shipping, Conrad. It really is a great product. We hope you'll check it out. Try that variety pack. Save yourself some cash. It's magicspoon.com forward slash WHW. And don't forget to use our promo code WHW for free shipping. Mm -hmm. Well, listen, let's talk about the show. Uh, <clears throat> if you want to get that Batman theme playing a little bit, and maybe we could see what Lois is doing, and maybe she could give us a countdown. I don't know. Maybe something like that. I mean, wait a minute. Is that her? She. She's rising slowly. Hang on. Did you? I just freestyled that. Have you already I installed this already? Was this? I see her head at the top of the stairs. Oh, when you have Alexa, you know. Oh my God. Can it be? Lois Shivani. There she is. In all her splendor. Let me get a little countdown going. Come on in here, honey. We got a... Yes, quite an entrance for you. Here she goes. That's not my intro music. That's not my intro music. I want my own intro music. Three, two, one, play. Just like that, we're off to the races. 
How about this uh, dimly lit little arena? I love it. We're here in the War Memorial in Fort Lauderdale. Oh. Yeah, I originally saw that and realized it's not the bingo hall. No, it is very yeah, much a- not the bingo hall. But the fans are rabid, aren't they? Man, they're just into this stuff. They're fired up. I, I always liked, I don't know if I always liked, but I always thought it was great and unique to have Joey start the show in the ring. I like it too. Yeah. Uh, Meltzer would write the show open with Joey Styles in the ring. Rick Rude came out and the fans chanted, you sold out at him. Given mm. ECW's working relationship with WWF, this makes as much sense as the day before on the WCW Saturday Night Show. The fans chanting USA while Chris Jericho was wrestling Alex Wright. They tried to get the idea that he turned his back on ECW by appearing on Raw last week with Shawn Michaels. Before their opener started, Todd Gordon came out and ordered Rude to the back and said he didn't want, said he didn't second any members of the triple threat on this card. So that angle may not be long for this world. I don't know Mm. what that means, but either way, here we are. Rick Rude, who has been uh, an on-screen color commentator uh, for the company uh, for a little while here. He's just taking the payday from Vince. He's going to do a nightly deal to be on Raw. And as we know, uh, by the end of the year, he'll be switching to WCW. So in this same calendar year, he was on ECW, the WWF, and WCW. Pretty fucking cool. Wasn't wasn't he one of them that appeared on uh, WWE and us at the same night? You got it. The first guy to ever do it. Right. Which is pretty remarkable. The way it was done is... One show was taped and one was live and here he comes. And by the way, I I've only recently, I've always liked ravishing recruit, oh, but yeah, only man. in the more recent years have I decided he's probably one of my top 10 favorite performers. I love, I mean, he just has, I think the right word for him is swagger. Let's track it. Well, never mind. Joey's got the mic back, but yeah. He yanked it from me. I mean, Rick Rude, he's the epitome of cool. Oh, yeah. He has that star presence, right, when he walks in. You, we, you and I and uh, Dave Silva have talked about this and Mike Dawkins and when we were all together. Who was that little short, sawed-off comedian that was with us? Corey Ryan Forrester. Oh, yeah, him. We were talking about guys who have the just the star factor when they walked out, we, you know, we all thought Sammy Guevara's got that and we'll have it. And Jericho's got it and rude had it flair. You know, it's, it's one of those things that, and you, and you and I kind of talked off, uh, off air that even Eric Bischoff had it when he appeared on AEW dynamite, yeah, when he just, walks in and has a presence, right? Every now and again, you just see a person and you think, Hey, I don't know who that guy is, but he's somebody. Right. And when Eric came out of that tunnel and it, with his tan, had his hair like he liked it, he's dropped some LBs, looking good, mm-hmm. feeling good, rocking that old Stanford suit. Mm-hmm. It's like, oh shit, this is somebody here. Want to track this? Sure. About what you think. Now then, what I'd like to have right now. is for all you fat, out of shape, (laughs) Lauderdale losers, button your lips, open 
open your eyes and give your utmost respect to the next ECW World Television Champion, no gimmicks needed, Chris Candido. So here comes Candido, a real bright spot for ECW. He came out to tremendous theme music. Of course, they never licensed it, whatever. But it was ACDC's Back in Black. Uh. And you want to talk about, now listen, I know he's shorter in stature, but this guy looks like a wrestler. Oh, yeah. I mean, he's a fucking fire hydrant. Man. A lot of time for Chris Candido on a personal level and now in the short time he was in WCW and uh, uh, a real tragic story, but loved him. Look at him grabbing that fucking ring announcer. Bob Ortiz. Bob Ortiz. Oh, there's Todd Gordon. Look in the back. Look who's stepping through the ropes right now. Oh, is that the judge? That's nothing happening. Judge Jeff Jones. What the fuck? <laughs> By the way, this is in the middle of the era where Todd Gordon has become the mole of ECW. Mm. Uh, apparently there were sort of two camps within ECW on the one side, you had Paul Heyman and you had his band of brothers, Taz, Tommy dreamer, Bubba Ray Dudley. And then there was the other contingent who were just frustrated with the way that group did things and they would vent to Todd. And those names included Raven, Sandman, Sabu, uh, Rob Van Dam. Well, supposedly, when they started to vent their frustrations in 1997 about the company's direction, Todd reached out to his old pal, who was on a lot of the early ECW shows, and they always had a great relationship with, Mr. Kevin Sullivan. And Sullivan didn't want this whole group of folks. He wanted to talk to him individually. And as we know, Bam Bam Bigelow would go, Sandman would go, Mikey Whipwreck would go, Perry Saturn would go, Stevie Richards would go, Raven would go. And supposedly, one of the folks who had a conversation about going was Bill Alfonso, who had been managing both Sabu and Rob Van Dam, and of course, earlier in this year, had been managing or for several years at that point, uh, Taz and, uh, well, let's track this. I love the open. It's so simple, but this works for me. Oh yeah.
always love the way they ended the open with Taz stepping out, towel over mm. his head, TV title around his waist. He was such a badass dude. He was uh, one of the pillars of ECW. Anyway, Fonzie had to convince everyone that he didn't want to leave. He wanted to stay, and he wrestled Beulah in a bloodbath. I mean, he damn near bled out in that match, uh, and he wound up sticking around. But Todd Gordon was was gone and no longer working with the company, but he had really just wanted to focus on his business. I mean, this was originally just Eastern Championship Wrestling was a fun little hobby for him. He had a very, still does, a very successful business in Philadelphia. So he needed to focus on the business. He wasn't interested in taking a brand on tour. He didn't, he didn't have time to go to Florida and all these other areas, but he would still come to the shows that were in his neck of the woods, so to speak. So a transition was made and Todd was out. Paul Heyman was, uh, standing alone here running ECW. What a story, man. This show in particular, well, not all that well received. Even Paul Heyman was in the observer saying, uh, Paul Heyman described the card as a good live house show, but a terrible pay-per-view television show mm. reports from those who attended the show live will concur as a, among those that it got almost all thumbs up. The show suffered with an attempt to get creative that fell totally flat in the show long Sandman ambulance ride. Heyman said the next pay-per-view, which will be November 30th from Monica or Monaca PA, the suburbs of Pittsburgh would be more like an ECW arena or television shoot with two or three cameras with more concentration on planning ahead of time and of the show quality itself and less of making sure to not offend people. Mm. Heyman felt he had to be careful when it came to what aired on television, since they were under the gun with many cable systems to back up their claim that they were no different than the other wrestling groups on pay-per-view, thus pulling back the camera shots from blood, a la WCW, cutting back on the swearing so as to not give whomever his enemies are ammunition to hurt future events, easy for me to say, and to mm. get over the hump with viewer's choice and some of the other companies that to this point are refusing to carry the show. The only swearing came in the first few minutes when Rick Rude said, fuck you, Todd Gordon. They even toned down phrases like this being the most extreme wrestling in the world and even toned down referring to Tommy Dreamer as the innovator of violence. So it's pretty interesting that they feel like they've got to tone it down just to exist. And how about Candido pushing Taz in the corner? That's not advisable. That's not a good idea. No, and I, I love how Taz is no selling this, man. You know what this is? Okay, Candido is Taz texting me, and Taz is me reacting to it. Yeah. <laughs> when you when you faved him on a text for a few hours earlier this week, he was yeah. worried about your, you know, well being. <laughs> hey, no show this. He didn't respond to that. Uh, <laughs> I, he, he doesn't answer my calls. I'm worried about him. <laughs> and then I call, and you answer on half a ring. I'm like, Hey, you're all right. And you're like, yeah, why? What's up? So I don't know. Taz is worried about you. He's like, Oh, fuck him. <laughs> just didn't want to deal with the, Oh, look at that. That was man, a great look at counter. This is a, this is a fuck, man. I tell you, we, I love to give him shit, but he was a fucking real deal, buddy. Yes, he was. Oh man. Fucker would. Yeah. I finally texted him back. You know what I'd said? My first line was you need therapy. 
<laughs> he said, I've needed it since 1997. <laughs> <laughs> oh, just one of the joys of my life is getting to know him. By the way, uh, Candido here, just 25 years old. Taz is only 29. Holy shit, man. Look at that. It's like, he's just such a, he's just look, fuck. I, you know what? I need to ask him about his, his athletic background. Do you know about it? Was, was he an amateur wrestler or yeah. something? I mean, he, yeah, he did all that shit. Yeah. He just, he's one of those guys back in the day there that you would say, yeah, that's bullshit. That's bullshit. That's bullshit. But that guy's real. Yeah, he was presented as a real life shooter, and therefore, you know, it was easy for us, especially with his style here, working submission moves and stuff like that. It was easy for us to be convinced. Hey, man, Hulk Hogan's just cupping his ear, and Ric Flair's just strutting that ass, and Stone Cold's mm -hmm. just flipping fingers and drinking beer. But this guy would dump all those motherfuckers on their head. We could have, well, not in 2000 because we couldn't have done business, but. We could have done plenty of business with this kid. Candido, you mean? No. Well, we did some business. I'm talking about Taz. Oh, yeah. Yeah, we could. We being WCW back in the day. It would have been great <laughs> to see you guys do something for Taz like you did for Goldberg. Mm-hmm. Because in this era, Taz was just beating everybody up. and Right. You know, it wasn't the, the two-minute squashes, but still, it was an exhibition of, look at all the fucking cool offense Taz has. Yeah. It would have been nice to see him get that WCW sort of Goldberg treatment for a little bit, but yeah, it wasn't to be, by the way, the match we're watching now, uh, gets two and a half stars. They go 10 minutes and 52 seconds. Meltzer would say the two traded a lot of moves. The crowd didn't really get into it. The execution of the moves were good. And Candido did a good job of selling, but the transitions were lacking and the match came off as flat, like a well-worked mid card, all Japan match. Actually, the crowd response or lack thereof resembled one of the recent all Japan TV tapings. Candido did a good job selling Taz's arm bar or Juji Gatamate, as it was called by styles. Candido used a Frankensteiner off the top, followed by a diving headbutt off the top before missing an enziguri, blah, 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 blah. The finish was flat as Candido put Taz on the top rope and turned his back on him to posture for the crowd from that position, Taz put on the choke and eventually Candido tapped out. So he didn't really like the finish mm. and the crowd is sort of sitting on their hands and I don't know, in hindsight, do you think they should have had more of a spectacle to open the show? I mean, you guys used to open with, you know, luchador matches, and this is obviously not that. But it is a tag. I mean, Taz is one of the most overperformers on the show. This is a, a good spot to be on the card to, to kick off the pay-per-view. But I don't know. In hindsight, do you think they should have done something a little different? Two schools of thought on this. that always have been. And the schools of thought were uh, you, you build up to the main event slowly. Or you start out hot to get the crowd hot and get the... I, uh, I, I like building up. I, it's old school. Me. I like building up slowly. I, I think there was a moment there where Taz had that bridge suplex or whatever you want to call it. And the fans were standing cause they thought it was a finish. So I, <clears throat> again, you know, Conrad, if, if you have the fans going crazy for the entire two and a half hour show, 
by the time the main event comes around, there's not going to be much left. It's just the way it is. It's human nature, I think. But I, I don't mind this at all. So, talking about the show overall, Meltzer would write, one would have thought the inauguration of Shane Douglas as the theoretical long term standard bearer as ECW champion would have been the most memorable part of the company's second pay per view show on August 16th from the Fort Lauderdale War Memorial Auditorium. But instead, despite Douglas winning the title in what was generally conceded to have been the best match on the show, the lasting thought on the show was exactly what ECW feared most. The show looked minor league. Hmm. The wrestling was for the most part. Okay. Although nobody except Sabu came out of the show as breaking out of the pack, but the production, the lighting, the look and sound came more off like a Herb Abrams pay-per-view than an alternative hmm. to the WWF and WCW that ECW has been attempting to present itself as the overall reaction to the show was mixed. And really, it would be impossible to not get some positive reaction to the show, considering ECW does have a loyal fan base, which is as fanatical to its product as any fan base for a wrestling promotion in the world. There were many who loved the show, but those who didn't like the show, and that appears to have been the majority, reacted nearly as, all right, blah, 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 blah. Yeah. Some people are saying it's the best pay-per-view show of the year, and almost all others are saying it's the worst. The show seemed to be thrown together in spots, unlike the first ECW pay-per-view in April, which was planned out far in advance and really was one of the best shows of this year. Reports were flying that Request TV didn't get a script until literally the last minute. ECW officials were frantically trying to find other surprises during the last week to the point they were even looking for Jim Duggan's phone number. <laughs> As it was, they got Jake Roberts and Dory Funk, who were both good for nice pops but played no part in any real storyline development. Hmm. Well, I, I, I agree with the look of this. This, this does look really small. And here's my th thought. If, if ECW fans are fanatical about the product, there must've not been a lot of them. Does that make sense? Well, here's the thing. When we talk about a lot of them, we should appreciate what this looks like. Meltzer would write very early estimates indicate the show did between a 0.2 and a 0.23 buy rate or around 35,000 buys, which would be an estimated 30 to 20% drop from the per from the first show, but would also make a profit crudely estimated by those who don't really know the costs of around 90,000 for a second show. It held up far better than Pancrase, EFC or UWFI but the show didn't show the growth or momentum of UFC at the same stage where the UFC went from around 80,000 buys to hundred thousand buys in a significantly larger universe from show one to show two. And as we know, that's not the case here. So 35,000 people, th this is an 1800 seat arena. So you would figure what there's 37,000 ECW fans willing to pay, right? Which is, is not big. Let me say this too, though. I know that, you know, Meltzer said, oh, the lighting and the sound and the presentation. It's really dark, man. But I don't mind that. Like, I understand that, you know, oh, well, this doesn't look like WWF and WCW. And, and I've, I've say this all the time on all my pods now, but Eric Bischoff has drilled it into me on 83 weeks. He says, you need your product to look better than, less than, or different than. Those are your only options. 
So if you're going to, if you can do what the WWF does better than them, then do it. Mm. But more times than not, you're going to wind up looking less than. So if, if, if you don't want to look less than, and you can't be better than you've got to be different than, and I like this because this does feel, I mean, just looking at this, if we had on WCW on one channel, raw on the other, uh, and then we turn this on, this looks different than the other two. Yes, it does. But you can look different and still look big. But why, that's my other thing. Why, why do we need to look big? Well, because you're not the target audience or you're, you're the target. There's an audience out there that needs that. And, and it's, you're trying to appeal to a, a broader audience. Does that make sense? It, yes, but that's not what this is. This is, she's a crack whore. Yeah. Okay. And I understand that, but still, if you want to make money, you better appeal to a broader audience. Now, listen, that's the Bruce Pritchardism. I get that. But I also know that part of the charm of ECW and for that matter, independent wrestling, because I've got some really good friends who are in my group chat that I would consider, you know, one of my very best friends in the world. And if it's on raw, they don't like it. And if it's on AEW, it's okay. Mm -hmm. But if it's in a fucking armory with terrible production, that's the best shit in the world. Mm, and those are the same type of fans who have the same attitude that, oh, I don't like Nickelback and I'm not a big Nickelback fan. I'm just saying they wanted to like, I like so-and-so I like their early stuff. I like, I like Nirvana's first album, you know? Sure. So if, if you liked them before everybody knew about it, then it was cool because you, it was like this little inside club, right? I know about this thing. And that's what ECW fans were like here. I think this is going to be the finish right here. Yeah, there's he's there. He's doing the posing, turn these back to him, like you said. So yeah, Taz getting ready to choke him out. That's kind of a silly finish. Terrible. Yeah, the fact is not. It's not terrible to get choked out. It's terrible that you would turn your back to Taz on the top. I, I love Candido giving him a piggyback ride. That was nice of him. Yeah. There you go. Taz wins. Fans Taz are cheering. Wins. Win. Taz wins. You want to see a spectacle? It's coming up, buddy. I love spectacles. <laughs> oh, by the way, is uh, is Francine on the show? Oh yeah. Oh yeah. God bless Francine. You got a lot of things to look at on this show. God damn. God bless her. There's our man, buddy. I wish I had that ECW belt. Supposedly Rob Van Dam still has it. Mm -hmm. I've tried to reach out a few times to buy it. He ain't having it. Really? Nope. He wants to hang on to it. And look at this old school graphic. How shitty is this? I love it. it it's three-way dance coming up later. Funk franchise and Sabu. Go ahead and give us a call here on hmm. the replay, Tony. Taz with a Taz flex from a middle turnbuckle. Down goes Chris Candido. And now Candido, again, we're going to take another angle. Look at Taz. Look at the extension. Pushing off with those quads. Pushing off with those uh, the leg muscles. You see, Tony, you got to get a leg, but you got to push off with it. You know, that's uh, that's uh, technique by Taz. And let's go to Joey Styles. Looks like he's been in your closet here. He's swimming in that double breaster there. Looks good, man. 
Joey was uh, Joey was a great announcer. He had uh, had his work cut out for him. I want is he doing with- is he doing the show alone here? Yeah. So there's no color guy with him. No, there wasn't on Barely Legal either. He he does the pay per views by wow. Himself. That's 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 tough work, man. That is tough work. So that's why I have more respect for him. Yeah, he's probably another one of these guys that was shit on by the WWE. So he's pushing here that, hey, if you're going to be at the pay-per-view, our next one in November, you might want to be there live because we had an incident before the camera started rolling. And here it is, the insane clown posse, buddy. Mm. This before Shaggy broke his neck? Yes, before y'all killed him in WCW. Right. These guys are... Let me ask you a question, Tony. Fucking magnets. How do they work? Magnets? Yeah, fucking magnets. How do they work? Uh, no one seems to know. They just seem to click together. <laughs> uh, look at look who it is here, Rob Van Dam. Yeah. Well, this is the same arena too, right? This is earlier today. Oh, earlier today. Okay, got it. That's what he was saying. Like, Hey, if you're going to the pay-per-view in November, you want to get here early. Cause you never mm-hmm. know what's going to happen before we go on the air. Oh, Sabu. Fuck. That's crush your skull. Yeah. Holy shit. Can't work that. Sh- can't work that one. You know, Sabu was probably like, you want me to do what? Wait, <laughs> these guys aren't even one of the boys. Hang on. <laughs> They're clown rappers. Bob Martinez is back. Your referee is a stooge. In the corner. Training to be Santa Claus one day with that big belly. Here he is. Spike Dudley. Oh, Spike (laughs) Dudley is pissed throwing chairs against the guardrail. Be careful, kid. Are you ready for a spectacle? I love spectacles. <laughs> One's coming. Okay. I, I love it when you ask me if I'm ready for it because normally I'm not. Oh my God. So as, as we can see, uh, uh Jeff Jones actually moved. He actually moved for the corner. Are you ready? Back in the corner again. Are you ready for his opponent? Who do you want to guess it is? Uh, it's not Mike. Awesome. We've seen him against Mike. Awesome. Mike. Awesome's not even here yet. Okay. All right. How about bam, bam, Bigelow? (laughs) Cause when I'm thinking competitive matches for spike Dudley, (laughs) bam, bam, Bigelow is right at the top of the list. (laughs) Yeah. Oh God. Hey, Jeff Jones in that corner, that motherfucker won't move from a corner. Here he comes. The beast from the East or of the East or the East and beast. And Oh my God. We've got to come up with a fun show for Lois or fun t-shirt for Lois off of that. What beast from the East, the beast from the yeast. <laughs> The yeast. 
the beast from the yeast. <laughs> that's bad news right there, buddy. She'd go for that. Yeah, she'd go for that. <laughs> what we need is like her a swimming cap, right? So we'll get one of those do-rags that the hillbillies wear at the NASCAR races. Yeah. And it'll just have those flames on it like he has on his head, except yeah. right on the forehead, it'll say the beast from the yeast. <laughs> oh, oh that God. would actually be a good beer mug, too. Beast from yeah, the it yeast. was. It, it sure would be. That should be our official beer. Mm-hmm. Of course, you would you need, want yours to be non-alcoholic. Yeah, you need to talk to Dawkins right now, texting. He'll charge you five thousand dollars for the phone call, but he'll, texting. He'll hang up and call the Good Brothers and say, "Hey, mm. don't call it Talking Shop IPA. Call it Beast from the East. We can mm. beat Shivani to the trademark." Motherfucker, fucking bald motherfucker from Toledo, motherfucker, double billing prick. <laughs> I can't wait to see what's going to happen here. So here, <laughs> here's what happened. <laughs> the setup for this is these guys had a match at the ECW arena mm -hmm. and spike out of nowhere, hit the acid drop on bam, bam and beat him mm. and people lost their minds. Mm -hmm. Now he was supposed to be over because of that win. But as you saw from the crowd here, not so much. Look at that bill. Are you serious? <laughs> He's dead. I, I'm, I'm sorry. I, I know we should be paying more attention to the match, but God damn, Jeff Jones, get out of that fucking corner. You lazy piece of shit. Boy, I can't wait to see him next time. And well, it's all in fun. I love Jeff Jones. Oh, of I course. Mean, well, if we're talking shit about you here on the show, it means we like you. Yeah. If we never bring your name up. Fuck you. Yeah, we don't. <laughs> exactly. But look at him. <laughs> The referee needs to get to where the action is. Okay. Well, if I, you're going to say, if you're going to say no clinch fits, get up in his face. He ain't fucking moving. It's like someone nailed a foot to the corner. Oh, fuck. Oh, well, he moved. Sorry. My mistake, but he moved to the other corner. Spike, man, get a little. And the fans didn't go for it. Did they two and a quarter stars on this one, Tony? Okay. Well, We've seen worse ratings. You're about to see something horrible. Oh, really? Yeah. S someone really gets hurt. You're going to be worried about a guy. Okay. How about this? How about this? Oh, God. Damn. What a power bomb. Look at the crowd. See the crowd. Uh -huh. They're ready for it. This was so his what's called greetings from Asbury park. Wasn't it something yeah, like that? That's right. Yeah. Let me pitch this. <sighs> this. Oh, what a fucking spectacle. Just pick him right up by the overalls, press him up over the top of his head. <gasps> oh shit. Drop him right on the post face first on the post. Oh shit. Kid ain't getting up from that. Let me just tell you, Tony, that man's been lacerated. He's wearing a crimson mask. He ain't getting up from that, buddy. At least he shouldn't. 
I'm surprised they're not showing the replay of that. Maybe they will later. This should have been the match to start the show. Look at the fans yeah. standing. It's a crazy spectacle. Crazy violence. Big high spots. Start with this, then go to the Taz match. Uh-huh. Jesus Christ. Look at Look his at face, he's... dude. It looks like a fucking horror movie, and they haven't even zoomed in on it. Uh-huh. Full extension. Oh, well, what? Yeah, what the fuck? Into the crowd. Threw him into the third row. It, we just threw a human from the top of our head, over our head, out of the ring, over the concrete, over the guardrail, into the fans. He's pouring blood on strangers, ticket paying customers. And of course they're loving it. And they're just trying to shoot away from it. They're not trying to zoom in on the violence. Very un ECW. Like normally we would, mm -hmm. we'd have really gratuitous shots here. We're getting wide here. How about the fucking, how about that? Bam, bam, Bigelow is a big boy to be doing a cartwheel right in the middle of the ring. He's yeah. I, I, I'd seen him do that many, many times. God almighty. Do they just, the match is not over, right? I mean, they the counties and they're not even showing it. They're giving him towels to sop up his blood, but he's still in the crowd bleeding on people. Oh, well, here we go. Fuck. We're going to bring him. <laughs> Jesus Christ. Throw him to the other side. The fans there you go. Him the body. Now he's got his carcass dumps it in the ring. Oh, It is a wonder. Now you, you told me that spike has gone on to be, uh, in the financial world. Yeah. He's a financial advisor, I believe. Yeah. It's a, it's a wonder that he's, that, he, that the kid can walk. I mean, we've seen guys now, you know, they're, oh, there it was. There's your finish. Yeah. Greetings from Asbury park. Felt unnecessary. <laughs> That's not the finish. <laughs> Jesus. Make sure you hit him on the head while you're at it. Top oh. rope, moonsault of sorts. Mm. One, two, count to a hundred. There it is. Meltzer would write the EMTs frantically placed a, uh, a pressure bandage on Dudley while others were mopping up the blood puddles in the ring to get ready for the next match. Dudley needed stitches for the cut, which we're told was a blade job and not hard way. But that most of his post-match selling work was a work to sell the match and not a real injury. After receiving his stitches, he was in the cheering section of wrestlers as the main event came to a close. Yeah, I think he's. I think he's selling too. Because um, at the end, he was kind of after the pin. He was. He was like vibrating his legs, shaking it. Of course. Which to me is a sign that you're selling and it's not a real injury. But I, Jesus Christ, look at look at that. Yeah, look at the map. The map was pristine a few moments ago. And I, I'm not so sure that's blade job. I, it may have been, but the way he hit that top. <laughs> Just bring the mop in. There you bring go. Mop. There you go. Mop bring. that blood up. Yeah. A mop that obviously has been used in that arena for years. Yeah. <laughs> that old gray, dirty mop. We didn't know anything about. <laughs> No. What we know now. 
Right. Tony, if you could mop up blood in ACW or mop up splooge like Mr. Fuji used to do in Tennessee, what would you pick? Blood. Oh, whoa. Whoa. Who? Oh, stop the tail. Oh, Mr. Fuji used to mop up splooge. Yeah. We'll talk about that in a minute, but first Sandman's coming to the ring here because he's trying to make a save for the insane clown posse. This is going back to earlier tonight before the show started. We're, We're getting the story in bits and pieces here. Oh man, Sandman swinging for the fences with that cane. Oh, catches a mm. chair to the face from the suited and booted Sabu instead. Mm. Throwing a chair is terrible business. We should Sans- mention that this is just a few weeks after the Born to Be Wired show. It was a bar- no rope barbed wire main event in the ECW arena between Terry Funk and Sabu here in the summer of '97. Terry Funk came into that match as your world champion, having won it at barely legal in April. Sabu would become the champion there. So he's defending the title in a three-way dance. And look at this maneuver here. I don't know that I want to take a chair to the face like that. Unprotected. No, no you, you, uh, again, throwing a chair is bad business. Yeah. Says Sammy Guevara and Matt Hardy. I was going to say. Yeah. He got split the fuck open this Oh, fuck. Just, it, you just, you, when you got it in your hand, you can control it. When you throw it, it's on its own. Sandman laying there, no hands near his face, chair on <sighs> his face, and Sabu and Van Dam come down right on top of him on the chair. Sandman's dead. Jesus. He's dead. Well, if they want to curb the violence, uh, they didn't do, uh, a good job of it here dead. So there's going to be no, uh, Sandman match tonight. (laughs) Oh, this is a thing where this is going to play throughout the show, right? You and I watched November to remember 1997. And we saw one of the worst matches ever with Sandman and Sabu in a ladder match Mm -hmm. called it stairway to hell. I believe, well, this is setting that match up. Oh, so for the rest of the night, we're going to get updates on Sandman's ambulance ride. But now that we've scraped the, uh, or mopped up the blood. Oh boy. Did we ever, it's time for Rob Van Dam to take on Al snow. Hmm. And they're going to announce that this match is going to be contested under Monday night rules (laughs) because the concept of course, is Al snow works for the WWF and Uh. Rob Van Dam has been appearing on nitro or raw rather. And he's got a cool little outfit here that I believe has the WWF, WCW and ECW logos all over it, which is kind of fun because he's calling himself Mr. Monday night, because that's heat here mm-hmm. because these fans, like I told you in the group chat, they hate mainstream wrestling. So they hate raw. They hate nitro. They like this underground hardcore shit. There's no better time to say, I love you. And the most hated jeweler in America is at it again. You've heard us say, I hate stevensinger.com and you've heard us rave about his famous roses, but Steven Singer has been selling diamonds and bridal jewelry for four decades. Whether you have someone or something to celebrate, Steven is there for you. Ready to take the next step. Steven has a ready for love engagement ring collection. That's no hassle, no risk, expertly picked engagement rings that are ready to go. Don't worry. Steven won't let you mess this up. He's been selling online for over two decades, but recently 
He's kicked everything up a notch to better service friends and guests online. He has real expert jewelers on call to help you find the perfect ring or gift through new virtual video appointments, calls, texts, chats, or emails, all with extended hours. On top of that, he offers the best guarantee in the business with a full 100-day, 100% money-back guarantee and free shipping. Interest-free financing is available online too, and that's just the beginning. Gifts that say I love you every single day, backed with decades of experience in the comfort of your own home, it's easy. Just go to IHateStevenSinger.com. Fast, free, and safe shipping. Steven Singer Jewelers. That's IHateStevenSinger.com. Uh, that, uh, yeah, that's what I've been told. <clears throat> West Virginia, West Virginia, mm. West Virginia. You know who lives in West Virginia now? Who? Ronnie Garvin. Bobby Eaton too, I think. Really? I, I could have that wrong, but I thought yeah. he was. I think Ronnie Garvin bought his own mountain. Well, Ronnie Garvin tried to sell his old, uh, ICW belt on, uh, on Facebook this past week. He got no takers. Hmm. I don't even know what the ICW is. Mm, there you go. Well, Obviously, there was a little uh, outlaw promotion that rivaled what's it called? Uh, oh, the the Tennessee promotion, Jarrett's. You know, Randy Savage was there. Oh yeah, the, uh, <clears throat> the yeah the, the the thing in Tennessee, right? Yeah, the Kentucky, Tennessee, all that. Yeah, place. it wasn't. Uh, it was USA. Was that USA wrestling? Oh, you're thinking about USWA. USWA. Yeah. It's not that. Well, I was talking about the, <laughs> the international championship wrestling. Mm. Ron Garvin was trying to sell that belt this past week. Uh, people called it the ICW Southeastern heavyweight championship. Mm -hmm. And it, it was, uh, debuted in late 79, May of 79. Ron Garvin was the first champion. He dropped it to Bob Orton Jr., and then Terry Gibbs, and then Tony Peters, and then Ron Garvin again, and then Lanny Poffo, and then it was deactivated because the, the promotion closed in 84 because Macho Man went to work for Vince, and the rest, as they say, is history. Anyway, though, he wanted like five grand, I think, for a belt that was held by himself, Bob Orton Jr., Terry Gibbs, Tony Peters, and Lonnie, Lanny Poffo, guess mm. who, after he did the auction on Facebook for that belt with a starting bid of five grand, guess who owns the belt now? He does. Ronnie Garvin. <laughs> <laughs> no bids, huh? <laughs> yeah. Now listen, if this belt meant you could blow yourself <laughs> like Lanny Poffo, probably would have had more bids. You know what I you know what name I like out of all that? What? Tony Peters. Thank you very much. Was Tony Peters one of your favorite wrestlers? No, I just how's Tony's Peter? It's fine. Get it? Yes. <laughs> I think he's a Vietnam veteran who you're making fun of here. I'm not making fun of him. I'm making fun of the name, Tony, Shivani, Peter, Dick. Okay. Well, I'm just saying Tony. Tony Peters is now a minister, a gospel singer, a Vietnam veteran. Well, you didn't Google that in that short a period of time. Google it right now. 
No, you bullshit. Type in Tony Peters wrestler. No, no, I'm not typing in Tony Peters. I'm reading it to you right now. I'm looking okay. at a picture of him. Tony Peters is a Vietnam veteran and former wrestler. He's also a gospel I, singer. I salute you, Tony Peters. You know, I mean, my Tony, my Tony Peters has not had much work. I'm just saying. Okay. You What's Tony Peters? Not much these days. <laughs> That's right. Tony ain't uh, been petering for real since the eighties. <laughs> exactly. Hmm. <laughs> hey, so, uh, I had a conversation with Dawkins this week. Really? That'd cost you some money. It did, but somehow the conversation turned to masturbation. <laughs> you going to try to trademark that, the term masturbation. <laughs> no, I don't think you can trademark that. He'd try. <laughs> That's funny though. Well, anyway, um, he says that, uh, you know, he, he just had surgery or whatever, uh, to remove some screws or some shit from his, from his leg mates. Oh, okay. And he made some sort of insinuation that, you know, doctors say busting a nut releases chemicals in your bodies that speed up recovery. Bob, what? And I was like, wait a minute. Are you telling me that you're up there with one leg propped up trying to play whack-a-mole? And he, and he made some sort of comment like, <clears throat> don't act like you don't do that. I'm like, buddy, when I started making money, I quit thinking I had to cut my own hair or mow my own lawn or wash my own car or clean my own house or beat my own dick. <laughs> that's for fucking poor people I'm not doing that uh, there's another shirt whacking off is for poor people <laughs> <laughs> I'm just saying like you, you'll pay somebody else to touch it no not at all okay hey Megan <laughs> no, I meant before. Oh, I'm married, buddy. I know before. No, I you were making hate. money before you were married. Weren't well, you? Here's the thing. You start making money. You can just send the bat signal. Right. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. Hey, yeah. <laughs> I don't think you could really hear me, but, uh, you can come in. uh we're talking to Tony and stop. I retold a story about Dawkins. You know, he just had leg surgery. And uh, I said, what are you doing? And he said, ah, oh, just whacking off. Ha-ha. <laughs> He's like, no, seriously, the doctor said busting a nut would help speed up recovery. And, and I laughed, and they said, don't act like you do it. And I said, no, man, when I quit, when I started making money, I quit thinking I had to cut my own hair or wash my own car or clean my own house or beat my own dick. That's for poor people. And he said... <laughs> She's laughing. And, she, and, and Tony said, wait a minute. You pay people to beat you off? I said, no. He said, what do you do? And I said, hey, Megan. <laughs> he came around the corner. So, Sorry, Megan. So, Tony's <laughs> saying he's sorry. I was just trying to be funny, but I do have the video turned off if you want to whack me off right now. <laughs> okay, she left. She left. Oh, I'm glad I she took did. I took it too far. I took it too far. You sure did. I took it too far. 
Oh God! Welcome to married life. I really legitimately thought she was downstairs when I turned it on. I didn't think she's really going to come in. What was that? Oh, she just reminded me that you know any bitch can get it, which is a shirt that's available now at <laughs> LoisRules.com. Uh, got a text from Damian Purvis, Loki Big Hog, friend of the show. What am I missing? LOL, Craigsville, West Virginia. Yeah, Damien, what you're missing is nothing. Uh, uh, let's talk. Uh, what did Dave think about this match? Well, Ooh, I mean, pretty good super you've got two really good wrestlers here, two and three quarter stars. Mm-hmm. Meltzer says this was similar to the first match, although better, and that there was a lot of good moves, but the match lacked in both heat and transitions. So it was more an exhibition of moves than a match. Mm. There was a, you know, we have seen a Rob Van Dam match before, I guess with Sabu, where it was more like an exhibition of moves, right? Yeah. Just one spot after another. Right. Yeah. Gotta tell the story dudes. Well, here's the deal though. I'm okay with that. Like I'm okay with one match on the card just being a spectacle of high spots. Yeah. I understand, you know, the traditionally, oh, we gotta slow down, grab a hole, tell a story. I understand. But I'm just saying if every match on the card is a car crash, then you don't have any car crashes. Mm-hmm. But if you've got one car crash, I think that's fine. Sure. It's sort of the old Jim Cornette. If you got a locker room full of seven footers, you ain't got no giant. You've got to have shorter guys to make the bigger guys look bigger. Well, you've got to have some crazy car crash guys on one match because if, if they're all car crashes, you ain't got no car crashes. Sure. Mm. That almost didn't work. Now, listen, Van Dam was willing to take chances and I really enjoyed his work, but there was a good percentage of the shit that just didn't work. But I think that's what I appreciated about Rob is he wasn't scared to get out of his comfort zone and try stuff. Yeah. So sometimes when you're trying to be creative and you're trying stuff, there is no fucking dress rehearsal here. We're just going to try it. And sometimes the shit hits and it's fucking magic and other times <clears throat> not so much. And he still has one of the best frog splashes around. Oh yeah, he does. Elevation. I mean, after this, this is. Rob's really starting to come into his own in 97 by 98. He's cemented as something that the fans really believe to be special in a top guy. And that will continue through 99 and 2000 and on and on. But 97, he's really finding his footing as a performer, in my opinion, and the fans are really buying into him. But my point was later he would do that five-star frog splash and he would sell the impact as much as his opponent. Yeah. Well, he would roll off and do that. What he's doing right now, kicking his feet, but he'd be holding his sides and his ribs and his stomach. And that really worked. Because there was logic in it. Yeah. So he knew. Can't get over that spot of blood though. God. Ooh. Now that the, uh, the entranceway. I like it. Do you really? You like where it is? The placement? I, I do. And I know that okay. you don't. And I know that uh, 
Bruce hates it. He wants to see a bunch of fans, and I get it. Yeah. But I don't know. I kind of like it. It's kind of like the old Madison Square Garden entrance on a much, much smaller scale, right? I mean, this, that, that perspective that we're seeing the hard cam here, that's what the WWE uses now for raw and SmackDown and NXT and everything. Mm-hmm. That wasn't the original plan. They were just shooting empty bleachers during the pandemic. And then you guys showed, Hey, well, here's the way we're going to shoot it now. And it's fucking great. Yeah. Amazing. It's amazing time to be, to be in wrestling. What's well, amazing time to be alive. I get that. It's just, I guess. Yeah. Blanket statement. It's just an amazing time. Oh, whew, that was fucking good. Oh, fuck. What a fucking tumble. What a fucking tumble. Man. And not only that, a hell of a drop game. Al Snow, great performer too. I don't, I don't think we give him his due enough, do we? Nope. This is obviously before the head gimmick. Yes. Because you and I watched a match where everybody's got is getting head. <laughs> I like the you- way this is shot and lit here. I-, I will say, though, the only thing that makes it look minor league to me is not necessarily the way it's shot or the way it's lit, but the fact that there's no like bleachers behind certain sections here. So yeah. we see it's just like four rows of fans and then nothing. Now that's a cool shot there. Mm-hmm. As you see over to the left, right, man, there's just nothing happening there. Right. Wow. Jimmy Suzuki, Linda Rufio, some staple photographers. There you go. Throw it fucking chair again. Next up, by the way, we've got the Dudley boys Oh man, taking on PG 13 and well, you get something kind of fun, something different. Are we going to get, uh, get Bubba doing a promo? How about Jenna Jameson? Whoa, that's better than Bubba doing a promo. <laughs> Michael Donovan's favorite porn star. Jenna Jameson. How do they get her? Uh, money. Well, that, that fuck that does it all. Doesn't it? Yeah. The gimmick is in this era, the Dudley boys started to have a relationship with Bubba Ray, Tommy dreamer, big Dick Dudley. (laughs) They befriended, uh, some adult film folks, including like we've kind of like we've done with Whitney, including Rob black, who would go on to later create XPW, which we've talked about. Yes. Uh, but they were even on the set of a couple of adult films. I think one of them was like whack attack 69 or some shit, but the cut they weren't, um, they weren't diddling. They were just spectators, mm. but they were there. So they, they at least had a sort of fringe relationship with some folks in the adult industry. And I guess they used some of those connections to get legitimately the biggest porn star in the world here. Sure. As we saw, they were looking for big surprises and Lord knows if you're thinking about popping a 1997 audience, 
that's 18 to 34 males. Jake the Snake Roberts, okay. Mm. Dory Funk Jr., I don't know about that. Yeah. Jenna Jameson? Oh, hell <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I get it. it. It is kind of fun to think, what would they have done with Doug in here? I mean, I don't think they would have wanted to do the, oh, tough guy. But at the same time, maybe they were doing the nostalgia pop. But but if he also did some badass bloods and guts, mid-south style shit, I could see how the audience could have appreciated that because there's probably some fans in the crowd here who were big fans of what Watts did. Mm-hmm. How many more chair shots is Al Snow going to be able to take here? All of them. That's the Van Daminator. That's usually the finish. Fuck. And it is. Fonzie knew it. He slid in. And we're doing. That was just. Meltzer says, after a totally blown spot, Van Dam using his Van Daminator, which is the move yeah. where he gives the guy the chair who holds it to his face, and Van Dam kicks the chair into the face for the pin. Two and three-quarter stars. Yeah, that, that, that move was botched. As I saw that as we were talking. That was like a flashing red light of a missed move. Meltzer wrote, although the crowd, which packed the 1,800-seat auditorium, came off as dead, except for a few big pops for carefully choreographed spots, the crowd at the end of the show did seem to be enjoying it at the end when the wrestlers were in the crowd as the show went off the air and the fans chanted ECW. A little less than half the crowd chanted for the encore curtain call, similar to what happened at the ECW arena for the first pay-per-view. It's not known exactly what was paid and papered in the crowd, ECW was offering free tickets to anyone who flew down from Philadelphia as a part of a travel package, which drew 101 people. Mm. There were also 40 people who flew in from Tokyo, although they paid for their ringside seats. The actual advance one week out was 800 tickets. And we were told the market was going to have to be heavily papered in the final days to fill the building. And there we see the ambulance ride from the extreme chopper. They hired a chopper. Wow. Let me explain. Someone here knew a guy who worked for a news station. Okay. That has to be what this is. There's no way they're hiring a chopper and paying what David Crockett used to pay. Who's the kid? Lance Wright. Yeah. He is uh, a guy who's on loan from WWE, or at least that's the way it's going to be positioned. But they needed a correspondent. It's not like Joey Styles could leave his desk, go get in a chopper, fly in, <laughs> which would be tremendous. Actually, that's what we should do. We should do a show like that where it's always you on commentary, and we'll get like a, a really terrible mask made, and and they'll just go straight to you, and it'll be some other guy wearing a fucking mask. Like if this guy was wearing a Joey Styles mask. Oh my God, look at the chopper. It'd be so great. <laughs> this Lance Wright has a lot to say. Joey, Joey, what Joey's, what's he looking at? <laughs> he was looking at the monitor. Oh, okay. <laughs> what the fuck is his monitor there? <laughs> it looks like he's looking on the floor saying, who the fuck just spit here? <laughs> I feel like Rick Moranis and Joey Styles would get along. I think you're right. 
Oh my god, I blew up the kids. <laughs> uh, How about this match coming up next, man? Oh, 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 we got to track this. I just got off the telephone with Vince McMahon. And I told Vince, you know, this has to be the darkest day in my entire career. To be here in Fort Lauderdale in this dump with all of these ECW morons. And he said, King, you know what? I admire your intestinal fortitude. It took a lot of guts for you, King, to go into the mouth of the lion's den alone, to travel to hardcore heaven by yourself. And I said, you know what, Vince? I'm not by myself. Because you see, all of the other World Wrestling Federation superstars are with me in spirit. It was just last night that The Undertaker strolled up to me and his eyes rolled back in his head and he said, King, I'd like to see Tommy Dreamer rest in peace. So would you please finish him off with a tombstone pile driver? And then you know what? My phone rang and it was Brett the Hitman Hart. And he said, King, you know, I know we haven't always seen eye to eye. But we do see eye to eye on this. And I would appreciate it if you would do the honor of finishing off Tommy Dreamer with the sharpshooter. And I may just do that. But you know what? Just this afternoon before I got on the plane, Stone Cold Steve Austin called me up. And he said, King, you have my permission to open up the biggest can of whoop ass on Tommy Dreamer that you've ever seen. And Dreamer, that's exactly what I'm fixing to do. And now, when we come back, there she is. Sign Guy Dudley, Bubba Ray Dudley, Devon Dudley, Big Dick Dudley, Joel Gertner, and Jenna Jameson. My God. They didn't give her an entrance? She's going to get her own entrance. That's why Joel Gertner's here. Okay. We're going to track it. If there's one thing more precious than pay-per-view it is yours truly, me, myself, and I, moi, the quintessential stud muffin, Joel, squeeze my lemon till the juice runs down my leg, Gertner. Say what? And at this time, it is my pleasure. pleasure to introduce Wicked Pictures adult oriented superstar of film and motion picture ladies and gentlemen the lovely Jenna Jameson why is she with Joel introducing first ringside myself studly dudley remember that name you'll be screaming it later also in the ring at this time the most outspoken personality in extreme championship wrestling sign guy dudley nice suit Custom made or off the rack? Also in the ring at this time, the man with the 25 inch arms 
and the 14-inch cup wrists. The true mastodon of professional wrestling, phallic and metallic, Big Dick Dudley. He's a monster. He's got arms like legs and legs like people. Ladies and gentlemen, <laughs> the following contest, one fall, 15 minute time limit. Your referee is bald. <laughs> John Finnegan taking exception to that remark. Gertner runs his mouth when he's got the Dudleys running interference. As if he should insult somebody's personal appearance. Introducing first, from the south side of Dudleyville, weighing in at a slim, trim, buff, cut, ripped, chiseled, and jacked, 224 pounds, D. Vaughn Dudley. His partner from Dudleyville, weighing in at 350 pounds, the mayor of Dudleyville, Bubba Ray Dudley. And in case you idiots didn't know by now, due to the fact that both gangsters are unable to attend tonight, I now proclaim them the brand new, officially recognized, three-time ECW World Tag Team Champions, the Dudley Boys! Thank you, Mr. Gertner. And now that you've seen that the champions of the world are rated Triple X, let's send out a team who's just rated PG-13. What'd you think? I think uh, Jenna just kind of soaks up all the camera shots, doesn't she? She's doing a good job of it, too. Yes, she is. She used to soak up a lot of things back then. <laughs> she Sure, she did. And straight out he, of Memphis, here we go. PG-13, fresh off of a uh, WrestleMania match, believe it or not, earlier this year as part of Nation of Domination. And then uh, somewhere along the way, they had some situations. By the way, one of these guys, that one right there, you saw on uh, TNA when we watched some early TNA. I think that was Slash. Okay. With uh, Father Mitchell. Here's PG-13. I think they're going to do a little mic work here for you, too, that you'll need to hear. Mm. And what you're seeing right there, by the way, that is uh, Bill Dundee's son, Jamie Dundee. Okay. Jamie Dundee said, give me a microphone. Here we go. Go get me a little heat before we do some wrestling. Yeah, some mental shit right here. Saturday morning, Channel 5. exactly what I think about you because you know when I look around at all the Dudleys if you ask me 
Y'all look a little mixed up. You got all kind of Dudleys. So what the bottom line is, Mama Dudley must be a hoe. <laughs> And says hard clothes like inviting them to the days in. I was thinking the same thing. He's at the days in. The days in. Miss Dully was a hoe. Let me get my <laughs> window unit air conditioner turned on here. Yeah. In the days in. <laughs> uh, that, that's, that's pretty cool. But man, you just can't beat the Dudleys. You just, I mean, the entrance with Joel and Especially with Jenna in there. Ooh. I mean, you got, you got on the outside, you got big Dick and Jenna, huh? Well, that's the reason they put them together. Right. Sure. I get that. By the way, um, famously mm -hmm. the WWF would create a porn star character the following year, Val Venus. Right. And they shot vignettes for this and, and Bruce thought it would be quite a coup to do these vignettes with the biggest legitimate porn star in the world. Okay. So they shot all these vignettes where Bruce's house. <laughs> and he has to explain to his wife, Stephanie, why is there a naked lady running through the house? And he has to say, oh, honey, it's work. You see, Vince has this vision for a porn star character. She's a wrestler. No, no, no. He's a wrestler. Oh, but why is the girl here? Well, because if he's a porn star, he's got to have a porn actress, baby. Oh, okay. And then later she says, so who's the girl? Oh, her name's Jenna. And Jenna is a, is in the wrestling business. No, she's an actress. Well, she was naked. Yeah. What kind of actress is she? Like an adult actress. Well, I know she's adult. <gasps> Bruce, do you have a naked porn star running through our house right now? <laughs> yes, I do. Uh, oh, how? And envious am I of Bruce right now? They showed the clip, by the way, all the footage to Vince and Vince said, Ugh, I hate it. Why? This girl looks like a goddamn porn star. <laughs> and Bruce is like, yeah, that's the idea. She's the biggest porn star around. Ugh. 
Wait, they never used it? No, they aired it, but they, they could have done more. She was willing. She liked, mm. you know, the gig. She's getting paid and she's on camera and it's good for her brand and it's a big audience at the time, all that. You mean Val Venus could have really got some? I don't know what he did or didn't do. I mean, the real life. But he could have. Yeah. Well, I don't, I don't, I don't, I don't assume. I mean, if that's her job and she's getting paid for it. No, I don't. They weren't going to do like shoot porn in the company. I'm just saying they, they made it, they could have made her back like a valet for big shows or something. You know? Oh yeah. Okay. I got you. Just, just vignettes. I'm not, I'm not saying, oh man, if they'd have kept paying her, maybe she would have fucked Sean Morley. No, <laughs> I don't assume because you're a porn star by trade that in real life, you're like, come play with my gimmick. No, I don't think that's <laughs> say that again. <laughs> I'm just saying like in real life, come play with my gimmick. I don't think that you're out here like no, doing commentary on the fucking vegetable aisle at the Kroger. <laughs> oh, she picks up the melon on the left. Is she going to She picks up the one on the right. She's tapping it for freshness into the basket. It goes, you're not doing that. Well, she's probably also not like, got it. Inviting. Come play with my gimmick. <laughs> Actually, let me try that. Okay. Hey, Megan, <laughs> I had to ratchet that one down a little bit. Now that I know she's upstairs, I really <laughs> thought she would be downstairs by now. Usually on Saturday morning, when you and I are doing this, she's doing some sort of mar marathon Peloton deal <laughs> and then goes and splashes around the pool a little bit and has a good day. And then I get done and try to catch up skipping the Peloton, of course. Yeah, right. Oh, yeah, just yell it. See if Lois hears what she thinks. Oh, shit. Lois left. Uh, yeah, but if, if I would shout, come play with my gimmick. We'd have to crank up the chair. <laughs> <laughs> By the way, this match got two <clears throat> stars. Mouser would say, uh, Bubba Ray and Devon Dudley beat PG 13 to retain the ECW titles. Uh, that were officially awarded when the gangsters couldn't show up and defend the titles. PG 13 were billed as the USWA tag champions. Although they lost the titles eight days earlier to Steven Dunn and flash Flanagan. JC ice did Mike work, basically saying mama Dudley was a whore. The Dudleys came out with both Joel Gertner and Jenna Jameson, a porn movie star with Gertner calling himself Studley Dudley. Although Jameson proved to be very popular with everyone, she didn't have any screen presence as compared with the valets and other organizations, which is surprising given her occupation. Saving money at SaveWithConrad.com is fast and easy. Just ask Jordan in Murfreesboro. He says, Jimmy made the entire process easy. No appraisal was needed, and we got a great rate on our refinance. What about Glenn up in Sperry, Oklahoma? He says, I wound up knocking four years off my loan and even saved a few dollars on my monthly payment. Easy to work with. Jimmy is the man. How much are you overpaying right now? Keep more of your own money at savewithconrad.com. NMLS number 65084, equal housing lender. So wait, lower your monthly payments and pay your house off faster. Oh, and did I mention no house payments for two months? At savewithconrad.com. Finally in the ring, they use the deadly Dudley death drop on Wolfie for the pin. Two stars. I like how Meltzer used the word splatter. Splatter. 
because if you got a porn star in there, as Mr. Fuji well knows, <laughs> might have a little splatter. I bet Fuji. Yeah. I bet Fuji used to wear one of those face shields that are so popular now, way back in the nineties. Jesus Christ! Don't you think? I hope not. Well, I mean, you don't I'll be. Get, I'll be. Didn't have to wear it. Well, you don't want to catch any shrapnel while you're. Well, you don't want to be near that. You got. Jesus. Let me ask you about it. you. Look at Jenna tugging on it, yeah, sure. uh, so to speak. Uh, U.S. Uh, USWA tag team champs. Yeah. There was a USWA TV show back in '97. Yeah. Really. I used to watch it. Believe it or not. I wow. I get tapes of it. Based out of Memphis. Uh huh. I went till. Uh, well. Well, did it take over the Saturday morning slot? Slot? <laughs> yeah. It did. Okay. But it wasn't like the forerunner as big as the forerunner was. No, no, no. I mean, it was, it was dying. Got it. it was big time. Dying. It was dying. It was dying. <laughs> Your mom was oh. You ever seen uh, the shoot interviews with JC Ice, Jamie Dundee right there? No. Man, I'm gonna tell you, that motherfucker, he's uh he's not scared of substances. He just says some crazy shit. Are they on YouTube? Yeah. We recently did a, a JR Fires Back and man, he was brutal to Jim. He made fun of Jim's facial paralysis and had mean names for him and, and he's just I mean, I know he was doing it to be entertaining, but God damn, some of it's just like, man, that's just fucking mean. By the way, his other wrestling names were, he had some great names. His real name, as we've established here, he is, uh, the son of, uh, Bill Dundee and the brother-in-law, believe it or not, of Bobby Eaton. I mean, can you believe this guy's Bobby Eaton's brother-in-law? Not at all. Anyway, um. His, his real name, I'm going to butcher this, is James Cruikshanks. C-R-U-I-C-K-S-H-A-N-K-S. And his wrestler names have been, of course, J.C. Ice. Of course, Jamie Dundee. How about J.C. the Ice Baby? Cyberpunk Ice. <laughs> Cancer Convict. And then my favorite that I think you're going to like sweet daddy, Patty, <laughs> sweet daddy, Patty. What? Uh, you know, it's uh, sister Donna mm -hmm. who's still, by the way, uh, she's a friend of mine on Facebook goes by Donna Eaton, but I don't think her and Bobby are together anymore. Are they? Yeah, Back they are. Yeah, when, when we were together at uh, Zany's, what, 18 mm -hmm. months ago? With, and yeah. Bobby was there. Yeah, he was he okay. was talking about being married. And okay. What, what a bizarre a, family, man. What I love about Bobby Eaton, still rocking mm -hmm. the flip phone. Too much, buddy. Just wow, that's a pretty good spot. I'm, I'm, such a, I'm such a Dudley boy fan. They're top five all-time tag team for me. 
you know, something I was thinking about too, when I, when I was, when Lawler was doing that interview, I mean, wouldn't you think that Jerry Lawler has a case to be on the Mount Rushmore of wrestling? Oh, he is without question. Yeah. I mean, that, that, that's a, that's a common question. Who's your Mount Rushmore of wrestling? Well, are you talking about stars or work tag teams? I mean, you know, there's so many variables, so many if you things grew you can up in use Tennessee and there's your pen right there. If you grew up yeah. in Tennessee, Lawler's on your deal. Like my buddy, Dave Milliken, it's his favorite wrestler ever. He would have stone cold, Ric Flair, Jerry Lawler. I don't know who the fourth one would be, but Lawler's on a lot of people's Mount Rushmore's. Yeah. Because in, in it's like we've talked about before, how much respect we have for guys like Mick Foley because they could do everything or Bobby Heenan because he excelled at everything. Well, so did Lawler. Lawler, Lawler did great as a promoter. Lawler did good as a heel. Lawler did good as a baby face. Lawler did great as a commentator. I mean, whatever yeah. you need Lawler to do. And that's rare. You know, sometimes you could say, Hey, so-and-so go do whatever. And if you get them out of their lane, so to speak, it just wasn't going to be as successful, but it felt like any task you gave Lawler, that's uh, going to work. Tremendous brow beater too. Like Jericho, you know, like Jericho, baby face, heel commentator, mm -hmm. whatever. Right. Demo God, whatever, whatever. Joey getting a lot of time here to fill. I got, Oh, there's Lance, Wright Reporting. We're going to go back, I guess, up top from the extreme chopper now. Okay. So not good. No, it's not good because he was hurt early in the day. Right. Mm -hmm. And this is live. So it's taking an hour and 20 minutes, hour and 30 minutes to get to the hospital. <laughs> He'd be dead by now. Oh, they've turned off the lights. They're turning around. They're going to the morgue. Right? I mean, an hour and 20 minute. Yeah. Yeah, this is. Oh, well. Got to try something, right? Got to try something, right? I mean, I guess. Okay. I, you didn't say anything. I didn't just, know. I'm just listening. I thought you were just rhetorically asking questions. Yeah. Well, I guess I am. I, I just don't get this. That again. Oh, by the way, if you're with us and you want a time check, here we go. One hour, 22 minutes, 48, 49, 50. So in real time, this happened before the show, right? Yes. All right. So I'm early in the day. So we're talking about every bit of an hour and a half. An hour and forty-five minutes. Oh, I get it. They went to the they went the wrong way. <laughs> they went to the wrong hospital. <laughs> Is that what they did? Is that what they're saying? They went to the wrong hospital, or or just they <laughs> just <laughs> that's just the driver saying, "Oh, here's Jerry, track it." Oh, here we go. All right.
opportunity to talk for just a second, not to you foolish freaks, but to you people that are watching this at home on pay-per-view. Because you obviously have more money than you have brains. So what I want to do is, I want to invite you to watch a real pay-per-view. September the 7th, from my old stomping grounds, Louisville, Kentucky, the World Wrestling Federation is going to present Ground Zero. And I'm going to tell you something. You'll see some real superstars then, like Bret the Hitman Hart, like The Undertaker, Stone Cold Steve Austin. Not a bunch of, not a bunch of dope-headed derelicts like you see here in the ECW. So don't forget, Sunday, September 7th, order it right now. Ground Zero from the World Wrestling Federation. Yeah! <laughs> now let me tell you idiots one thing. Before I left the World Wrestling Federation, not one, not two, but every one of the World Wrestling Federation superstars came up to me and said, King, we admire you for having the guts to go down to hardcore hell and take on the entire ECW single-handedly. And I said, don't worry, guys. I know I'm not alone. I know you're all with me in spirit. And that's when The Undertaker told me, King, if you really want Tommy Dreamer to rest in peace, give him one of those tombstone pile drivers. That's right. And then Brett the Hitman Hart told me he would be honored if I would finish off Tommy Dreamer with the sharpshooter, and I just may do that. But you know what was the best of all? When Stone Cold Steve Austin called me on the telephone, King, I want you to open the biggest can of whoop-ass that Fort Lauderdale has ever seen. And I said, Stone Cold, just for you, that's what I'm going to do. So, Tommy Dreamer, you ballless wonder, get out here and get your ass whipped. I'm going to apologize. So we're doing the us against them deal pretty well here. Yeah, they are. But then they just repeat his inter interview. Oh, you mean from earlier? Yeah, he did. Kind of. Kind of. Uh, look at Beulah. How about them pants? You liking them pants? Yeah, man. I like, yeah, she's beautiful. She's I, actually just a gorgeous woman. I need you to wear some of those pants on dynamite. Will you do that? No. But you just said they look good. Well, they look good on her. Well, let's see how they look on you, Bubba. <laughs> I can tell you right now. I mean, I'd have, a, I'd have like, you know, I couldn't hide my gimmick in pants like that. Like Ron White said, you take one look at me and say, that guy's got a squirrel living in his shorts. A squirrel? Mm-hmm. I don't know about this. Mm. Be sure to check out the new boxagimmicks.com. It's the official store of What Happened When, where you can get all of your podcast gimmicks, hats, masks, posters, mugs, and more. So check out boxagimmicks.com. Also visit loisrules.com to find all the latest What Happened When gear. That's LoisRules.com. Well, why does she have her hands crossed? She's not wanting to show her boobs. Okay. Is there a story behind that? No. Some, some women just don't like to be objectified, you know? Well, I get that. 
but sometimes they don't do silly stuff without a story sometimes. Oh, now she's taking her hands down now. I just didn't get that. The almost the way she was just kind of like, I don't know, hide, hide, fuck, hiding something. Hiding something. Well, really, I mean, just like she had something on her chest, a, a sign that said Lawler sucks or something like she, that. She has breasts with nipples, Tony. She's an, I know that I was talking about on her top. I, I don't know enough. I, I got that. I get it. I understand. Tommy Dreamer, one of my favorites too, as being a good guy. Listen to him on Busted Open. He and uh, who's that idiot he works with? Named Lagreca, that yeah. fucking coward. Yeah, he's a coward. No, I'm just uh, saying. Like I beat him in a chair dancing contest. He fucked and screwed me. He did. I, he knows he yeah. did. And I held it up and and tried to contest it with facts and hired an attorney to do it. Sent in a, a demand letter. Yeah. And, and all fair, he acquiesced and said, you're right. I'm going to send you the belt. What's the address? I send him the address. Then he moves into a new house that he just bought, but that he didn't use my fucking mortgage company for, or I could have given him the brother deal and the hookup. As you know, mm -hmm. I've done half of the fucking rosters. Mm -hmm. I would have gladly hooked him up, but no, he does his own. And then he gives a little stupid tour of his little stupid home studio. He's got his little stupid belt in the background that he never sent to me. After his stupid little chair dancing thing, fuck Dave LaGreca. Motherfucker. He's got more heat with me now. I work for Busted Open. I have a studio in New York City. Well, he ain't going now. Now they're doing their supposed fucking radio show over goddamn Zoom. Fucking Zoom. Zoom. Why don't you Zoom that belt on down here? You fucking reneging bastard. We had a deal. We had an understanding. You screwed me. Everybody knows you screwed me. I'm the undefeated. This has been well-documented. Two-time, two-time, two-time chair dancing champion of the world. And at this point, I'm uncrowned based on your sham of a contest and your sham of a radio show. There you, you go. Nothing happening, son of a plumber. I'm glad I brought his name up. Yeah, but Tommy's great, and you can listen to him and Mark Henry, a great friend of the show, and, of course, our old pal Bubba Ray, who we just saw out here. Strutting and cutting. Yeah. On uh, Fight Nation, Monday through Friday on Sirius XM. Dave LaGreca. Seriously, if you're trying to keep up with current wrestling, can you imagine? Let's go back in time. Let's pretend it's 1997. Can you imagine if there was a national morning radio show about wrestling every day? Mm. It'd be the coolest thing ever. Yes, it would be. A great time to be a fan. I'm proud that that service exists. I just wish it was with a man of honor <laughs> and not that turd. Rat, rat soup even eating motherfucker. Yeah. LaGreca. What kind of name is that? I'm going to start calling him Del Greco, like the basketball player. Look at the juice that Lawler's getting. Fuck. Football player. Sorry. Yeah. Lawler's old school, man. Yeah. Lawler knows to go uh, across the street, not down the railroad tracks. Or whatever it is. Hypothetically, if you were going to blade, would you go above the eyebrow? Would you go into the hairline? Would you go right in the center of the forehead? Would you go left to right? Would you go up to down? You'd go above the hairline. Yeah, I'd go above the hairline, left to right. Left to right. Okay. Because you're right-handed. Well, no, I'm just saying I don't want to go down because as you get older, you're going to have those wrinkles in your forehead. 
and I don't, I, I want this to look like just another wrinkle, not to look like it broke up all the wrinkles and the connective tissue and creates this big, massive scar. Got it. We should have a, we should have a blade job clinic. I've been trying to get you to cut yourself. I ain't cut myself. Don't start that. I knew, I knew where this was going. Listen, I, the, do you think I, do you think I'm Matt Jackson cut myself so I don't have to take out the, the garbage? Cut myself so I can get in the front line. <laughs> I ain't doing it. Oh, Jesus. Well, here's what here's what I got lined up for you. Oh, God. Oh, look at this. I don't, I, I don't want to hear this. Oh, well, or you're going it. to. Yeah. I've been talking to some of our friends. Our good friend, uh, Dave Del Greco, over at Sirius XM's busted open on fight nation Monday through Friday. Mm. And he's agreed through his proprietary software known as zoom <laughs> to allow you to appear to give a blade job clinic co-hosted by Tommy dreamer. I ain't gonna do it. I ain't gonna do it. All right, real real question. Let's pretend <laughs> WCW comes to you in 1999. Yeah. And I said, Tony, we got an idea. Mm -hmm. WWF's been beating our ass a little bit. Mm -hmm. And we think that a lot of it is because they're getting heat on JR. They busted a cinder block over his head. Mm -hmm. They've set his ass on fire. He's had to kiss Vince McMahon's ass. So here's what we've got in mind for you. We want you to get some color after a beatdown from the horseman. And this mm -hmm. can go one of two ways. You can do it yourself mm -hmm. or Dr. Flair has offered to come zip you. Mm -hmm. Are you prepared to do it yourself or would you opt to let Rick take the blade and do it for you? No, I do it myself. You wouldn't let Rick cut you. No, 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 no. Because during, I, by that time I had been with flair for so long as a friend, not as, not necessarily as a drinking partner, but we did, you know, and I used to give him so much crap and so much shit that he was probably thinking he would be thinking, here's how it's done, son. Here's what you, he would, he would have put a zipper on me. So no, I'd done it myself. You think he would have cut you for real? Oh yeah. He wouldn't have just flicked me, you know, with that little blade of his, he would have, he'd have done the, the, uh, Kevin Sullivan on, uh, that kid in Russell, uh, Russell in, uh, first Starcade. Scott McGee, that thing. Cause right. It's just a little cut. It'll heal. <laughs> right. Nope, you do your own shit. Fucking king, man. By the way, Meltzer would write of this match as they're going all over the place. I mean, they're brawling all through the crowd and everything. It's a long match. It's 18 minutes and 57 seconds. He gave it half a star. Really? Yeah. Half a star? Yeah. He must have been in real WWE hate mode then. 
There's no way you can give what these guys are doing a half a star. Oh, here's what he says. He says, uh, Lawler did an interview plugging the WWF Ground Zero pay-per-view, although he did it in heel-like fashion. Some of the casual observers by this point had to take it as almost the truth when he talked about seeing what a first-class pay-per-view really is. And then to make things look even worse for ECW, he did an interview which was almost word-for-word word the same interview he had done earlier in the show. Right. This match, in many ways, epitomized the entire show. The guys worked really hard but did no wrestling, basing the match around low blows and turning the lights out which by the fourth time the lights went out was just a tad bit overdone. The match just went too long. It was totally over gimmicked. Some people thought it was the best match and others thought it was the worst match. Either way, he says, uh, as mentioned earlier, and this one is a matter of taste to me, it was totally contrived over gimmicked match with a work rate. And even in many ways, psychology to the level you would see any night on any indie show. And a storyline similar to every Hogan WWF match, except the lights going out to signal the run-ins rather than all the cameramen running down the aisle to tip everyone off in the building ahead of time. For a promotion that wanted to protect low blows as a finisher, but not overdo them and have people selling them big every time they get used over as a potential finish, anytime this match contained dozens of them and they were all just sold momentarily and forgotten about. To make the psychology of building the match around low blows even worse, they were used with far too much regularity early on in the show. And while they were easy to get the pops, by the time the low blows were supposed to mean something, they'd just been overdone half a star. And by the way, what they're talking about here, just so you know, is when the lights went off in the arena uh, on a show we've recently watched just several weeks ago, and they came on and it was Lawler. Lawler picked up a cane and hit Tommy Dreamer between the legs. And when he did, it's not like Lawler had a ton of experience, A, with Singapore canes, B, with hitting dudes in the balls with Singapore canes. He was supposed to hit the mat in front of his legs. Lawler didn't realize, wait a minute, this isn't like a baseball bat. It's going to bend and give. Mm. It went right into Tommy's scrotum for real. Mm. To the point that he had to go, oh, look at him wiping his ass with the ECW t-shirt. He had to go to the hospital and have fluid drained off of his balls. Oh my legitimate, God. A legitimate, serious testicular injury to Tommy dreamer was sustained. And they showed it in the opening package of this, uh, pay-per-view. And that's sort of the Genesis here. He's here to protect ECW and defend ECW's honor against these, uh, infidels if you will, from the WWF and along the way had to sacrifice his own sack meat. So that's mm. the reason there's low blows here. And they mean something in storyline because the entire crowd knows he busted his beanbag. Mm. Good God. And if you want to bust your beanbag, Whitney Wright has an only fans <laughs> at Whitney Wright XXX. <laughs> there's multiple only fans for Whitney Wright. The one that's XXX. One X is not it. It's XXX. You got to go XXX for Whitney Wright. Uh, and a reminder, uh, just like Mike Dawkins told us, uh, and it's been well documented on this show, it'll help you heal uh, faster. Yes, heal faster. By the way, I think we saw Dave Shearer over to the right a few rows back. Have you ever met Dave Shearer from PW Insider? I may have. He was, uh, he used to write the Wrestling Lariat, which was a newsletter back in the day. Mm hmm. Before things went digital and one wrestling was a big deal. 
and then uh, split off, did his own thing. Mike Johnson's his tag team partner now. But I think we see Dave Shearer in the crowd rocking his mustache and sunglasses over to the right. I, for some reason, I'm familiar with that name, so I'm probably, um, I'm, I'm, did they come to, did he come to StarCast with Mike? No, he hates me. Oh, he does? Yeah. Dave Shearer hates you? I think so, yeah. Yeah, well, fuck him then. Oh, he's a nice guy. He's, his, his website's really good, and I'm friends with Mike Johnson, and think the world of Mike's work, and glad he has a platform, and Dave provides him that platform, but I just don't think he's the biggest Conrad fan, which is fine. I get it. I'm not for everybody. Hmm. Well, you sure did a nice job of putting him over. No, I mean, his website is really, really good. I mean, I know that people bust on it and say it has a bunch of ads. Well, goddamn, so do my podcast. This is a mm-hmm. for-profit operation here. And if you don't like the ads, then you can get behind the paywall. And that's what I do. I'm a member of PW Insider Elite, and I highly recommend it. We don't cover it as often as we do the Torch and the Observer because what we find ourselves doing is talking about old stuff that sort of predates that site, if that makes sense. Yes, it does. But as far as like just week to week news and information, I mean, I think you'd be hard pressed to find somebody who's more plugged in than Mike Johnson. And, and Mike Johnson and Dave Shearer were like big ECW fanatics. I mean, they helped run the ECW site and when I mean, they were in the arena and called themselves bleacher bums Oh, and the lights go out. Let's track it. It's ravishing Rick Rude, nailing Tommy Dreamer with a garbage can. Of course, we've already seen him show up on Monday Night Raw, so we know that he's with Lawler. Mm-hmm. And he was escorted out earlier in this show. Yes, he was. Mm, but that doesn't stop him. So are the lights going to go out again in this thing, or is that it? Well, they said it four times in the Observer write-up. All right. So... Maybe oh, we're going to have a, a surprise guest here. Mm-hmm. I think we got at least two more coming. Oh, right. I love a surprise guest. Maybe three. One, two, mm. Tommy dreamer kicks out. Thank you, Tommy. <laughs> <laughs> uh, you know, I, I just thinking watching this, that. There's so much, I, and I, it's something that you and I have talked about before, but it's worth repeating. And, and yeah, okay, I get it. A half a star, whatever, whatever you think. It's an opinion. I think these guys, uh, it's probably, I don't think it's a five-star match, obviously, but I think it's better than what Meltzer said. It's an opinion. But there were so much, so much great, oh, here go the lights again. Track it. Jake the snake. And by the way, uh, Heyman was in the observer saying, I don't plan to use him as a regular and, uh, I won't have him as an in-ring performer and I'll never advertise him giving his track record, but he did get a nice little pop here. And by the way, his big feud, the prior year in the WWF was with Lawler 
So it is curious that he's coming in and DDT and Tommy Dreamer, but that's because why? He's a WWF guy. Mm. So even though you would think he would have heat with Lawler because they feuded in the WWF, there's only one thing he hates more than Jerry Lawler, and that's ECW. That's kind of probably what he's saying right there. And he was. Is this your God? Well, he giveth, but he ain't got the balls to do anything else. Nope. Short arm clothesline for Lawler. I like it. Yeah, I do too. Jake does his own thing. Fuck all y'all. Yeah. And what a nice, what a nice way to get a payday. Like think about what most people do for a living. This guy walks down a dark entrance way and then clothesline DDT clothesline, yell at a camera, go get your check. Yeah. It's a good gimmick. So you know, you're over. Mm -hmm. So the storyline, in case you're not following at home and and Meltzer was critical of this, but I kind of like it. It looks like there was about to be a big moment where Tommy dreamer got to bust Lawler's balls around the ring post and give him a receipt for hitting him between the legs and rupturing his sack meat and his bean bag. Mm. And then boom, here is Rick rude with a trash can from the WWF. When the lights come back on. It happens again. He's going to pile drive, give his finisher. And for that matter, Lawler's finisher, the pile driver right in the middle of the ring lights go out. Boom. It's Jake, the snake from the WWF. So whenever it looks like Tommy is finally going to get the advantage on Lawler, the lights go out and Lawler's got a little help. Mm-hmm. And now has a DDT the lights go off again, track it. How about that, Sonny? And now here comes Beulah, and we've got a cat fight. Wow. And by the way, Meltzer freestyled. It would have been a cool thing to go from this to doing a mixed tag. Tommy and Beulah against Candido and Sonny. Of course, Sonny's still contracted by the WWF here. Oh, my gosh. Lawler threatening to give oh. Beulah a pile driver. Oh, Tommy almost wound up hitting her with a chair accidentally. Low oh. blow. Oh, and another one, two right in the yam bag. He's grabbing it. And there's your DDT. Tommy makes the cover. (laughs) What do you think? Hey, it's, uh, I like it a lot. I like the story. You know, you and I talk about matches that have stories. This had, I like, I like it, man. Is there anything better than Sonny in 96, 97, 98? No, to be honest with you, she outshines Jenna Jameson. Of course she does. Hey guys, want to take a time out here. As you know, the Shivani family is a growing family. We had five kids. We have five grandchildren and who knows? We may have more on the way. You just never know. It could happen any time. And I've always wanted a painting of my family to hang on the family room wall. we got a very big wall. We've got pictures of the kids. But I thought, you know what would be great? A painting 
a family portrait of the big family, and we all get together during Christmas. And then I heard at PaintYourLife.com, you can have an original painting by a world-class artist done by hand from a photograph. Done by hand from a photograph. I thought, what a great idea that is. And then I thought, oh boy, that's going to cost a lot of money. Well, I found out the paintings are truly affordable and the quality is amazing. It's a great way to honor your family. It's a great way to honor your, honor your wife, your children, your grandchildren, your pets, the big old family portrait right on the wall, and you can get it done at paintyourlife.com. Get a professional hand-painted portrait created from, listen to this, any photo. Not just some photos, but any photo. And as I said, a truly affordable price. User-friendly platform lets you order a custom-made hand-painted portrait in less than five minutes. It's a quick and easy process. Get a hand-painted portrait only in about three weeks. This makes the perfect birthday anniversary, wedding gift, or why not even a Christmas gift. Meaningful, personal, and can be cherished forever. At PaintYourLife.com, there's no risk. If you don't love the final painting, listen to this now. If you don't love the final painting, your money is refunded, guaranteed. And right now is limited time offer. Get 20% off your painting. That's right, 20% off and free shipping. To get this special offer, text the word WHEN to 64000. That's WHEN to 64000. WHEN to 64000. Paint your life. Celebrate the moments that matter most. Suffice to say, they've been looking for a, a, name, a hospital now for two hours. Mm. Didn't they just pass one there? Oh, I, I can't <laughs> help but wonder if that's actually you driving or is that, oh, fuck. is that the best friend's mom's driving or what is that? Stop it. Don't, you know what? I, I know where you're going with this. Oh, what happened? You don't know. Shit, went out. Tony. Hey, I want, I do want to sort of key up here. This main event is a pretty big deal, uh, because this is a rematch from the match that probably put ECW on the map originally. Oh, look at this. Sandman is out of the ambulance and he's got his goddamn cane. Now, why the cane was in the ambulance, I'll never know, but Sandman is beating everyone's ass in sight. Just swinging wildly at anybody and everybody. Jesus. Let's track it. Sandman outside the building. Caning Fort Lauderdale's finest. Oh, he's coming back to the building. Yes. Okay. I, I thought they were, I thought he pulled up to the hospital parking lot. Finally. <laughs> Fuck. So this is a rematch from the night. The line was crossed, which is February 5th, 1994. So it's been, you know, three and a half years or so, but this was really before ECW started to uh, catch fire. 95 was a big year for him. 96, even bigger. 97 is when they debut on pay-per-view, but way back when, in February 4th, 1994, Sabu was sort of an underground cult sensation with his table breaking. Shane Douglas is who a lot of people thought was going to be sort of the next big thing. We know that he's going to win the NWA world title uh, later in the year and then ultimately throw that belt down and declare himself the extreme championship wrestling uh, champion. Either way, they're getting the rub from the hardcore legend himself, Terry Funk. 
And it's one of the very first ever three-way dances, one of the very first three-way matches. They went to, in a very old-school fashion, a 60-minute time limit draw. And it really did put them sort of on track to become a, a VHS commodity. People started ordering this and talking about it in the newsletters. <laughs> oh, man, you got to see this indie sensation. Oh, man, oh, I hear you breathing funny. It must mean Francine. Yep, there she is. Either way, though, the point is, this is a rematch now. But three years later, Terry Funk is not the champion. Sabu is. And people still think Shane Douglas is the, the top guy, sort of the face of the promotion. And, you know, not the, the crazy hijinks, but just a badass wrestler and a strong promo. And here he comes out first, the franchise, who we know is also going to be the promoter. For the November to remember pay-per-view, their next shot in the suburbs of Pittsburgh, his home area. So he knew how to sell tickets there and how to promote and did a great job for them. And really one of the pillars of ECW here in 97. And of course, his second is your dream girl, Francine. Jesus, she just, I don't know. ECW did the women right. Yeah. Especially for the era. Let's track this Shane Douglas promo. Mm. I haven't got all night. I got better things to do. So let's get this done once and for all. Bring on the three-way dance. So to start things here, we're all expecting an hour-long match. Because that's what the first one was. And as we're going right now, we're one hour, 53, 31, 32, 33. So we're just shy of two hours. Wrestling fans are conditioned to know these pay-per-views are going to go three hours. So it seems likely, hey, man, we could have another hour-long match. Now, it's not going to be an hour-long match, but I think it was important that they started the main event with at least that hour time limit. So it's believable that, oh, this could be another draw. This could be another hour long time limit type deal. Well, they're giving it enough time here. Yeah. I mean, you think we're like, and by the way, you can uh, check your time here at one fifty four oh eight oh nine, and the event goes to like the bottom of the hour kind of, so they've, they're giving it like 45 minutes here. So, you know, earlier in the show, I, I referred to the no rope barbed wire match between Sabu and Terry Funk. I said it was a few weeks prior to this. It was actually eight days prior to this. So this is happening on a Sunday, the prior Saturday, they were in Philadelphia, took down the ropes, replaced them with strands of barbed wire. And these guys, Terry Funk and Sabu got so tangled up. They had to be cut out. They were just tied up together and couldn't move. In that match itself, Sabu was cut so severely that his bicep fell out of the skin. He pushed it back in, duct taped it up, and then after the show, just super glued it. He's your ECW world champ with a little super glue. Seen waving some money at Terry Funk like Terry Funk gives a shit about your money. Just throws it to the crowd. Who cares? So you're telling me within the last 30 minutes here, 
Um, we've had a guy who's had a nutsack drained and a guy whose bicep fell out. Yeah. Holy fuck. Mm-hmm. Speaking of him, here he comes. Oh, got his MC hammer pants on. Like he likes it. Fonzie holding that belt up high. Letting everybody know the champs here. Yeah. And man, what a spectacle Sabu was. I could really see why Paul wanted to put him on pay-per-view. I mean, this guy was such an innovator with his triple jump moonsaults and the way he would use the ropes and chairs. And of course, what all he did with tables, most of all, really remarkable. By the way, that's the only ECW belt that I don't have in my collection. The world heavyweight championship there. I think, uh, Shane Douglas has that one. They did a little commemorative belt to Terry Funk back in April. I believe mm-hmm. this year, or maybe it was in September. Either way, they made one that actually had his name on the main plate. Those are the only two that I know of, but Douglas won't come off his. He wants to save it for his kids, which I get. Hmm. I'm sure you've made plenty of offers, right? Uh, just one. Okay. He, he knows I'm, I'm interested, but I don't think he, I don't think he's a big fan of mine either. Oh, Okay. Damn, well, to know you is to love you. Well, I think uh, we had a miscommunication on uh, StarCast in Vegas, and uh, he has like wow. a, an agent handler, and you know, it's the old telephone, telegram, telewrestler. I'm still a big fan of his work. I think he's a really strong promo. I've even had him uh, over to the house when we screened an ECW documentary before it came out. Couldn't have been nicer. Really, uh, engaging guy to talk wrestling with right there's alfonzi or bill alfonso fonzi alfonzi i made that up (laughs) uh bob ortiz is your ring announcer jim molino is your uh, referee got those ringside camera folks that you know way better than i Mm -hmm. these guys I'm, i'm telling you i i make it a point and, and I really think everybody in the business should do this, but this is just me. I make it a point to always acknowledge our, but not necessarily on air. Maybe you should do it on air more, but, uh, when, when we, when we're during the day, always talk to them, get to know their names, tell them how much I appreciate the work that they do. And I, I think that's, that's just very, very important. Anybody in the business, any of the wrestlers take a few moments and Say hello to the cameramen. Let them know you appreciate all the work they've done. Because some of these cameramen take bumps un- uh, unexpectedly and put their self in harm's way. And, you know, we've had through throughout the years, we've had some great people work behind the scenes. Keith Mitchell being one, obviously. Uh, Tim Walberts being another one. Being another one. Tim was a cameraman for the WWEF for so long and now is our director. So just great people. Great production people. Kevin Sullivan, not the devil, but the guy that works in works worked in wrestling for years and works for us. Nice I mean, guy. Kevin Sullivan from Nashville, not Kevin yeah. Sullivan from Hell. Kevin right. Sullivan from Nashville, great guy. Yes, and you know these people, they make again. If you don't have the production and camera people, what do you as a wrestler and an announcer? What what do you got? Nothing. You got nothing. So. So this is a three-way match, and uh, we go. I, I'm sure we're going to see blood. Look at Terry all taped up. <laughs> I got that fucking ear taped up. 
Funk saying, nope, I'm going to stand out here on the apron. Y'all just tag me when you want to. And Douglas <laughs> has to explain, that's not the way three-way dances work, remember? <laughs> and he says, nah, y'all go on ahead. And just that's jumps down to the ring and starts watching. Yeah. That's the way they work for me, fuckers. By the way, I do want to plug real fast. Next week, we'll be back at you with Clash of the Champions 33. Ooh. which happened August 15th, 1996 in Denver, Colorado from the Denver Coliseum. Of course, as we said, that happens on the 15th. Uh, it's not too terribly long after August 10th, where we had WCW hog wild from Sturgis, South Dakota. And you may recall in the main event there, the giant would lose the big gold belt to Hulk Hogan. He would then spray paint the NWO insignia on that famed world title. And just five days later, he's in the main event for the world championship. We actually closed the pay-per-view with a Ric Flair promo or a Hulk Hogan promo about Ric Flair rather. So that's our main event next week here. As we do clash of the champions, 33 Ric Flair challenging for the world title against Hollywood Hulk Hogan on the undercard. We've got a triple threat match for the world tag team titles, Harlem heat, the Steiner brothers sting and Lex Luger, a lot of star power there. Hmm. Got a singles match with the giant and Chris Benoit. We'll also get the Battle Bowl Championship ring on the line with Eddie Guerrero and Diamond Dallas Page. Bull Nakano is going to make an appearance here against Medusa. We'll also get Ultimo Dragon taking on Conan. VK Wall Street working with Jim Duggan. And Rey Mysterio (laughs) and Dean Malenko for the Cruiserweight title. That is one fucking fantastic card. And it's happening next week. Clash of the Champions 33 from August 15th, 1996. And we'll be all up in your ass with it. And I look forward to it real, real soon. That's some good stuff on the horizon, man. Mm. Sabu could. He was really acrobatic. And still working, as you told me, right? Yep. Still working. You know, I mean, nobody's really working right now, but. Right, but still active in the business if the business was active uh n- not a uh I, I this may be well documented i don't know if i'm uh stooging behind the scenes or not but no not a fan of taz's uh, i don't think no, taz they, they 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 had a long-term on-screen rivalry and a lot of that was from real life heat where you know, Sabu wanted to go over and work his style matches and Taz wanted to go over and work his style matches. And I think they both had, uh, Paul Heyman playing both sides against the middle, very Vince McMahon esque mm. where he thinks competition in the locker room is good for everybody. And, and, and I get that. I mean, listen, if you think I don't do it in the sales world where, you know, a lot of my guys want to be the top sales guy. And if you are a, a very professional, highly I mean, if, if you're, if you're a successful salesperson and you're operating at a high level, you like a little competition. And if, if you don't have competition from people you work with, you have competition with yourself and you compare where you are now to where you were this time last year or whatever. And there's guys in the office who may be real life friends, but behind the scenes, they'll come in and shut my door and look both ways and say, Hey, I mean, so-and-so closed this month. And then that motivates them to go passive. So I understand 
the idea of some, some competitive juices flowing and getting your ass out of a comfort zone and pushing yourself to be your best. And, but occasionally that affects real life relationships. And I guess that happened here with Sabu and Taz in real life. Yeah. You know, and I, I understand, uh, I understand what you're saying when it comes to sales people, but I don't think it's good as a leader of a company to do it. When you're talking about guys who are having physicality. No, I, I agree with that in theory, but I also think that most wrestlers have a, uh, sort of an oath and it's understood that in the ring, you fucking take care of each other. Right. And, and when guys start to betray that trust and you're known as a guy who takes liberties or hurts people, your, your longevity is, I mean, it's not good when word gets out that you're, that you're dangerous and you have a bad reputation for hurting people, people are not going to want to do business with you. Sure. And you see, as you see, Tab, Sabu has that left arm heavily taped up. That's because he did surgery on it himself. Uh, what? Yes. Yeah, we just talked about, it. he pushed his bicep in, taped it up and then later super glued it and take a look down the, uh, okay. I, I, I understand that. I understand all that, but so he never went to a hospital. No, no. Huh. Fuck. you have to appreciate these guys didn't have, um, didn't have insurance. And I mean, I don't know what his payoff okay. was. I'm going to guess it was $2,000. So for $2,000, you won the world title, but you lost an arm. You don't necessarily want to go to the hospital and spend your $2,000. You just had to lose an arm for and ER fees. So instead let's just get down to the dollar general pick up a dollar tube of super glue. We're all set. Jesus. That's yeah. And you know, I, I, but I, I mean, process what we just saw, we saw a guy run the ropes, jump onto a chair, jump onto the top rope and then mm. jump into the crowd. Now I realized in 2020, that's like called Wednesday, but back then that was some big shit. We just saw an appearance a minute ago. I tried to point out, but, um, we missed it, but I'm sure he'll be back. You see Ronnie Lang from Atlas security famed Atlas security, but Atlas here is not wearing, there he is just behind the guardrail on the right side. He's got a headset on. Yeah, I saw, I noticed that. So he's got his mullet like he likes. Uh, by the way, shout out to Ronnie who listens to the show. And he agreed with my assessment during Heat Wave that if Ronnie wouldn't have got into security, he would have been a long haul truck driver who knew where all the good cheeseburger spots was. <laughs> he sent me a text and said, LOL, you had me pegged, brother. Because <laughs> uh, I just feel like that motherfucker could have been an extra on that Sylvester Stallone movie over the top, just just planting motherfuckers in arm wrestling matches. Anyway, Atlas security here, not wearing their signature black blazers with the black turtlenecks and the yellow Atlas stitching on the turtleneck instead wearing uh, suits and ties and Ronnie walking around with a headset. Maybe that's what y'all need to get Arn, since Arn's already got the waffle house menu. Like he's an NFL quarterback or mm -hmm. offensive coordinator. Maybe you should get him a headset. We tried. There's no headset that big. Mm. I feel you there. Cause when I had a, I had a custom made macho man crown for my birthday from mm -hmm. Michael Dawkins. 
And the people who were making it for him said, Hey, uh, how big should we make it? And he's like, how big can you make it? <laughs> and they were like, well, he we can make it so-and-so, but that's pretty fucking big. That's even blah, 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 bigger than yours. He's like, that sounds, that sounds about right. <laughs> and then of course I put it on Small. and Dawkins is like, like a glove. Cause it's, <laughs> it's literally as big as they make and fits me perfectly. Yeah. Uh, when I say Arn has, has, has a big head, I'm not talking about uh, ego. I'm talking about, I mean, he's got a fucking jack-o'-lantern. A noggin. As they said in uh, that great movie, So I Married an Axe Murderer. A virtual planetoid. What a heed. But I do need to say, because I haven't done it yet on this show. And I, and I'm obviously doing it on the show, all the shows as big as Arn Anderson's head is as big as yours is. It's nothing in comparison to Paul E. dangerously Heyman's head, <laughs> that thing, that thing is, has its own solar system. Wow. Some chair wax. Nobody's bleeding yet. Maybe spike bled enough for everybody. Well, there now you see there's a little blood on on Terry Funk. Now remember, they said they were trying to cut down on some of the blood for the pay per view here because they wanted to prove, hey, we're just like everybody else. Right. <laughs> well, you're not going to stop Terry from bleeding. Wow, look at fuck. What a fucking neck breaker. I know, man. Listen, I. I uh, a person who's had plenty of neck problems in my life, I can't ever see it that neck breaker, even when you're trying to work the best you can, ever working. It's got to hurt. I think Terry Funk, I mean, obviously everybody knows what a great worker he is, but and we give him a lot of credit for a cool neck breaker there. But realistically, Shane Douglas just did all the work there. And that's it, by the way. Shane's out of here. Mm. What's he going to get? Well, I was thinking he hasn't been, oh my, oh, good that God. Hurts. He's getting, he's getting the bicycle rail or the safety rail. Here comes the guard rail. As I like to call it. I see Ronnie in the back there with a the headset on. Yeah. This is awfully fucking dangerous, man. Dude. Ain't no way to work that shit. No. And not only that, it can spring and on one of those top ropes and fly into the, into the audience. That's what makes it so fucking. Not only that, but there's, you know, there's gotta be some sharp edges on the feet there. And if that thing oh, yeah. gets sideways. That could do some serious damage, like major puncture wound stuff. Mm. It's set up in the corner here. looks like they're, they're going to try to Irish whip Shane into it and boom. <laughs> yep. They used his own weapon against him. He bounced right out. They're going to do it again. This Ooh. time a backdrop into it. Teamwork makes the dream work for these guys who just battled it out for the team, for the world title eight days ago, Terry Funk and Sabu and Sabu trying to break up the pin a little late, but you know what? Fuck them. That will bicycle rack on both of them. Fuck them. An Arabian face buster, that shit. I have a feeling that was said a lot in the mind of all these guys. Fuck Should em. I do that bump? Yeah, fuck it. Fuck them. I'm going to do it anyway. By the way, one day, me and you need to do alternate commentary on an AEW show. Really? Yeah. Without having to worry about being PG. Just drop some buckle. 
Yeah, that's going to have to be after my run. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah. No, no. We'll do it next year. No. <laughs> no. Hey, so um, that, that, that announce desk, is that Survivor Island? I mean, it's your advanced age, Taz's advanced age, Jim Ross's advanced age. What are you trying to – are you one of these guys that says, we need a younger announce team? Is that it? No, I'm not saying that at all. I'm just saying back in the day, we used to hear about Gordon Soley and Bobby Heenan keeping, like, vodka under the desk with you three fuckers. I bet it's more like Metamucil. No. <laughs> <laughs> or Ovaltine. Ovaltine. Oh, God. What a great <laughs> reference. You got to go – oh, here's the, the famous spot from the first one, the three-way mm-hmm. sleeper. Mm. It's a cool visual, but it is a silly spot. Yeah, it is. Uh, we just did a bonus show over at adfreeshows.com. Tony fires back and we had great success with Eric fires back volume one, and Eric fires back volume two. Then we did Jr. fires back. And so now naturally it's time for Tony, Tony fires back. And you had some pretty pointed comments. I think for the first time ever about Bobby Heenan. And, uh, it was hard to find a lot of people to take shots at you. Oh, there's that triple jump moonsault. Hmm. Shane kicks out either way though. If you want to hear Tony, as you've never heard him respond to a lot of criticisms about the way he drives, uh, the way he called the, oh man, the chair collapsed on him. Not sure his did, fault. Man. Holy shit. Made the most of it. Yeah, he did. He improvised either way though. Good stuff over at adfreeshows.com, which by the way, you can get this show early and ad free over there as well at, at free adfreeshows.com. Yep. You get it, uh, on Mondays and, uh, yeah. And I respond to, uh, I heard some of the comments Heenan made first time I really responded to it. And uh, also what's sticking in my crawl is the comment a fan made. And again, I don't know who that fan is, but you're more than welcome to sit on the announce desk with us and test your skills, but obviously you have no skills. And it's something. Wow. Now it worked that time, buddy. Didn't it? The chair, man, tell me in 97, that wasn't a hot thing. I mean, that's, I totally get why Paul wanted to, and he had such a great cast of characters. I mean, look at this card, what we've seen so far, Candido, very capable worker. I mean, legitimate in ring superstar. Same thing with Shane Douglas, but with a, a bigger edge, a bigger promo, but then you've got a legit legend and Terry Funk, a spectacle and Sabu heat seeking magnets in the Dudleys, a legitimate badass and Taz, the Bigelow spike Dudley thing. My God. I mean, it's just really, really good stuff. I understand why all these ingredients worked. Uh, but on this particular night, it does feel a little thrown together. Really? Okay. Well, I'm just mean, you know, like the, you're the talking whole, about the, the card or just the spots thrown together, the, I guess you, the Sandman thread throughout the whole show. Yeah. That's I didn't that was terrible. By the way, here comes Todd Gordon. He's trying to, oh, it just he attacks <laughs> Bill Alfonso pulls Terry Funk off the table. Now Sabu's on the top rope with a chair. He was going to try to Arabian face buster Terry Funk through the table with that chair, but now he's just trying to set the the chair up on the top rope, which I don't think is going to work. Mm, no way it can work. He's just stalling forever now. Todd Gordon goes on the table. Look at the fans. 
Todd's ready. Oh, they're going to put the. F- ah. My God. Oh. My God. Biggest pop of the night. Without question. Put both of them on the table, one face up, one face down. Jesus. Look at the fucking bodies. (laughs) Fucking bodies. Fans are still standing, man. Yeah, because they know, hey, this has got to be close to the end. Right. It's not. We've still got plenty of stuff in this match and even something coming at the end of the match or after the end of the match. You see yeah, Funk but- laying in the chops here. Yeah. Let you know we're 2 16 24 25 26. That's where I am. I'm sure Conrad, you may be a second or two off, but No, no, I- I'm actually right with you. Earlier you okay. were 2 seconds ahead of me, but we caught up. Mm. Thanks to the miracle of business internet. <laughs> it is a miracle. I've got to say that. Here comes the ladder. Funk of course. A famous ladder spot at the, uh, the end of, uh, barely legal where he put the, put his head through the rungs there and just span around, knocked everybody out. I'll never forget watching that match back with Terry. And he looked right over at me after he did that nonsensical spot and said, I went to college, <laughs> which I thought was just a great fucking line. Yes. Oh, and look, there he is getting retribution from earlier in the night. Sandman. After he just took that brutal ass beating before the pay-per-view started at the hands of Sabu. Now he's back after a trip to the ER or maybe not. (laughs) He beat up some cops and here come the cops. They're not happy that they all got caned. So they're coming to get him. Of course, to be a cop here, you don't have to have a uniform. You need a brown shirt and any color pants. But they got Billy, they got Billy clubs. That one big guy on the right with that. <laughs> Jesus dude, Christ. T- the, the big black guy's got to be a worker. You see that hair, dude? <laughs> I do. <laughs> My God. How about Sabu's going to try a triple jump? God, God, look at this. Funk, <laughs> on to the cops <laughs> and saying, man. Fuck. Cool spectacle. Is... Conrad, this is good shit, man. This is good stuff. Well, we know what our match is for November to remember now. It's definitely going to be Sandman and Sabu, which we've, uh, we've already seen and, and agree is one of the shittiest matches ever, but the setup was cool. Yeah. I just didn't like the, the ongoing thread of we're in the chopper. Yeah. It's terrible. Looking at the ambulance. I mean, you can do chopper in the ambulance if you just do it briefly. The locker room is going to empty out for guys trying to keep them separated. Joel Gertner in his tuxedo jacket. What the fuck? <laughs> Terry Funk's got something to say to Francine here. Uh oh. Stop it. You'll get on my hate list in a minute. Don't you touch that girl. Mm. Chaos here. 
Boy, there is. I mean, you just don't know where to look. And because the way it's lit, you don't know where the fuck. Well, now we got the multiple trash can shots over and over and over. <laughs> he's banging his, his own head with it. <laughs> God. Oh, my God. Terry Funk. God almighty. Look at the FBI here in the, uh, the aisle. There's little Guido. There's Tracy Smothers. And now we're down to two. Sabu's been eliminated. Of course, they both pinned him at the same time. Now we've got to have a winner. Mm -hmm. Who's it going to be? By the way, this match got, uh, three and a half stars. Okay. Not bad. And. We we just recently watched a show where they all came out at the end too, right? But this is uh, this is something different. Remember the one from uh, Marietta? They all came out at the end and yep. put uh, Russell Palooza ninety eight. Yeah, right. Yeah, Shane, man, Shane could do some good stuff. He said, look, yeah, we see them all out. Who's I had a girl, give him the table, Francine. Hmm. I let Lois look at that double table spot. The bucks did against uh butcher and blade and she said, those tables had to be gimmicked. I said, where'd you, where'd you learn that word? You know, what's funny is <laughs> Dave Silva. I was watching something the other day and he said, I don't even know that those tables were gimmicked. I forget what we were watching. And I said, Dave, I'm just curious. How do you gimmick a table? Look who it is. Dory Funk Jr. is in the ring coming after Francine, and now he's trading blows with Shane Douglas. Is it a DQ? Fuck no. This is ECW. And they are sell he is selling huge for Dory Funk. And look at the crowd. They're ready for this Florida man. You get that Francine will think twice about interfering again. I like that he was really there just to make sure Francine would quit interfering. Of course, he is at the time running. Funkin' Dojos for WWF Developmental. Guys like Steve Carino, Edge, Teddy Hart, Kurt Angle. Hmm. I'm uh I'm really surprised that uh they popped for him like that. Uh he was over in Florida. I mean not as much as Butch Reed, but Right, right. <laughs> Just I'm just by the way, I want to, we got to give a shout out to Butch. I recently, uh, started to double down on some Netflix again, and I just can't thank him enough for all of his contributions to us as a society, both inside and outside the ring. I mean, who, for, who could forget his dyed blonde look mm -hmm. WrestleMania four, the times that he took uh, Ric Flair to the limit there in Florida. And of course, when he went under the hood, it's part of doom. And then he would 
just decide, you know what? I'm gonna I'm gonna move into technology. I'm really I'm really grateful that he made that move because had he not no showed that one event for the WWF back in the day, odds are good they were gonna make him the Intercontinental Champion instead of Honky Tonk Man. And it could, the world could have been a lot different had, had he done that. And we may not have ever gotten Netflix, you know, we would have been robbed of the greatest intercontinental champion of all time, the honky tonk man and Netflix and what a miracle Netflix has been. Yeah. Yeah. It, it's, uh, I agree. It's, uh, he's, uh, he set the standard for what we're doing now. I mean, if, if he wouldn't have done Netflix, there would have been no Disney plus, no, probably no prime video to follow. No Hulu, all that, all that. Yeah. None of that stuff, man. And I, I like this. I like, you know, fans standing because all the, uh, the ECW guys have come out. I mean, there's like, it's a good look to this. I mean, you, you can tell there's something big going on and just a simple little roll up. Oh, didn't get him. Okay, who's the guy with the green hair in the right in the middle? No, on the right, right on the right. Got a green hair, black guy. He's got uh, stripe on his shirt, green hair. That's probably JT Smith. Okay. Got a champ. Oh, keep the beer out of the ring, guys. Check it out. Let's track it. Belly suplex again and again and again and again until finally Terry Funk could not get his shoulders off the mat. Hmm. Here's my question. Why are all the baby faces just surrounding the ring watching Shane Douglas beat a legend with the belt? After the match is over. It's almost as if they don't know what to do. Well, here's what Melser would say. Douglas began whipping funk with the title belt. Joel Gertner came out while the Dudley stomped on funk and asked Douglas to drop the triple threat and join the Dudley. So they'd have all the major belts. Candido and Bigelow come out and they brawl with the Dudleys. At this point, the ring fills with wrestlers. And then there's a big sort of angle to close the show. Meltzer of the main event, by the way, I know I mentioned that it was three and a half stars. He says, uh, in the ring, Douglas used another belly to belly, but funk kicked out. He did it again, but funk kicked out again. Once again, the no crowd response. Then funk did an inside cradle for a near fall, but Douglas hit yet another belly to belly to score the clean pin. Overall, a good main event, great in some spots, weak in others. And overall, when it came to the readers of the wrestling observer, uh, they thought that the best match, it was pretty easy. It was this one, Douglas Funk and Sabu. I got 61 votes. Dreamer and Lawler got 19. Al Snow and Van Dam got 18. The worst match poll, Bigelow Dudley, 34 votes. I actually found that to be entertaining. I know it was perverse and violent and unnecessary, but fuck, I kind of like that. Yeah, I enjoyed it too. Right, For what it was, I enjoyed it. Here's the pitch. And go with the men who have the tag. Gold in ECW. Forget the triple threat. 
Triple Crown franchise. Here come Candido and Bigelow. They're not going to take Kylie to those marks. Bubba Ray and Devon, the new triple threat. We've got the triple threat going. So now Shane's going after Big Dick, which he's been known to do before. Bubba Ray squaring off with Bam Bam and Candido really putting the wood to Devon, but he's wearing a neck brace to sell the match from Taz earlier. Now Mikey yeah. Whipwreck is in there. Hack Myers is in there. Tracy Smothers is in there. JC Ice is in there. We've got lots of uh, extreme personnel. Right. And in-ring performers. Must mean something's coming. Apparently so, because we got about 10 minutes to go. Would you let Big Dick choke you? Mm. No. Really? <laughs> no. I mean, he's, <laughs> he, Big Dick's choked everybody in the ring. <laughs> I mean, one after another. Did you say? I mean, here, here comes another one. Yeah. Just another victim to the Big Dick. Choke <laughs> slam. Bam. <laughs> and he's friends with Missy Hyatt. <laughs> Seriously. Yeah, I bet. She told the whole story. Oh, and speaking of, boom, what a concussion. You get CT mm. and you get CT. Mm. It's like the worst episode of Oprah ever. Mm. <laughs> this is, that's Axel Wright, rotten. Yeah, there's uh, Dick and Balls right there going after it. Choke slam. Dick was choke balls. There's Axel. No longer with us, of course. Right. It's a shame, too, because. I don't know that many people would have guessed the Dudleys and Funk would have outlived everybody, but they did. Especially Terry Funk, my God. Yeah, it's been well established. He's 93 years old today. <laughs> what? Yeah. Ah, <laughs> uh, bullshit. Uh, Dory, maybe, but not Terry. <laughs> he's, he's 76. 70, that's close. <laughs> Closer than us. No, not me by a. That far, but closer right, enough. The music hit. There it is. That is the sound of natural born killers, which is the gangsters theme song. But of course, we can't play that on the network, so we get this bullshit. No, it's New Jack and Eliminator Cronus. And so there it is. Of course, Saturn has just went to WCW. Uh, well, he's not quite yet to WCW. He's going though, but he's hobbling out with a broke leg here in the background. So since, uh, we've got half the gangsters still with us and half the eliminators still with us, let's just put them together. It's new Jack and Cronus, or as you call him, Daryl and new Jack is clearing house with crutches and everything in between. Mm. I would not want to be in the ring when the music hits and new Jack hit the ring with that. That type of excitement. Cause you know, he was fired up, man. He ain't gonna pull any punches here at all. Meltzer says the Dudleys played King of the ring in an absolutely pathetic brawl that went on way too long. 
finally new jack's music played for the climax where he and the eliminators come out the last two minutes of the show with saturn doing an elbow drop off the ropes cronus doing his hot moves including an incredible 450 splash on gertner and a frog splash on devon and new jack using the weapons was really a hot finish and yes you heard me right with a wonky leg here in a cast in a brace saturn's coming off the top with an elbow drop whatever it takes man here we go let's track there it. it is what a cool visual fans are with him too they were ready for that i don't know if it was worth it but they were ready for it yeah anyway though seriously i, I just saw and um this past year oh how about the fan cam here wow that's pretty fucking cool i like that yeah i do too anyway what i was saying is uh on an episode of dark side of the ring which by the way they're already working on season three i don't know if i'm supposed to say that but they've narrowed down the first three episodes i can't tell you what they are but i'm really excited mm, uh, good they did the little after show if you remember on vice and missy hyatt was one of uh the folks that they talked to about the uwf and herb abrams and the whole deal look how far away saturn mm. is here my god frog splash from hell right there it's a big boy to be doing that mm -hmm. daryl daryl yeah my bad yeah um well she talked about her being owed money that she had a, a big pay-per-view appearance for urban never got paid so she mm. sent her friend big dick to collect <laughs> and that's when it came out that herb had a heart attack and in custody and and died mm. But yeah, earlier, I think you were thinking I was making some sort of double entendre. Yeah. My, my mistake. You would never do anything like that. No, no. Missy, great friend of the show. And by the mm -hmm. way, a happy save with Conrad.com customer. Oh, and my goodness. I would not want to take a double chair shot. If I was Joel Gertner, let's track it. Yeah, I'll do that instead. Jump on me. Don't hit me with two chairs at the same time. Not axle, not balls. Mm. No, 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 no. Don't hit me like that. Let me fall down. Fall on me. Mm. But you know, if you're wearing a white tuxedo jacket and you're a heel manager, yeah, you're about to bleed on it. Especially if new Jack's there. Oh Lord. I don't want anything to do with this. No, man. Fuck. You see what he did? He he hit him with the up. He didn't hit him with the uh, no with the that, seed. He, he, hit, hit he him hurt with Gertner the, for real. Yeah, he hit him with the the top part. New Jack hurt him for real, and now they're dragging yeah. the corpse to where it can be in just the right spot, so I can jump on you like it's a fucking kid doing a move in a pool. And here goes Daryl, four fifty from hell, and the concussed Joel Gertner still tries to sell it a little bit. Next time we see Joel, remind me to ask him that about that. It's a hell of a chair ever... shot, but it is a nice finish. Going to send the fans home happy, show them a little violence, <laughs> get a little heat on Gertner, Axel and balls and Daryl leaf through the crowd. The guy from scream is here to murder some people. <laughs> well, <laughs> I think he might just be here to identify Gertner's body. Yeah, there's funk celebrating with, uh, 
a crutch in the crowd covered in blood. So what'd you think, man? As we said at the top of the show, this, uh, was, uh, more thumbs down than thumbs up, but I'm a Mark. So I'm still going to call it a thumbs up. Uh, maybe it's because I just enjoy watching it with you, but I enjoyed today's episode with you. what did you think? Thumbs up. Thumbs I did. Down, thumbs no, down. I, I say thumbs up. Here's why I say thumbs up. You, uh, you, you kind of like undersold it in a way because of, you know, all the, th- you, we talked about the ratings before and I'm thinking this show is going to suck and there's parts that did. Uh, but I don't think that Jerry Lawler and Tommy dreamer, even though it, it got bad ratings sucked. I thought it was good. I, and I thought again, Sometimes you see a good ending to a show. There's Joel Gertner still out. You see a good ending to the show and you think that was a good show, even though maybe they had a lot of matches that weren't that good. Good show. Thumbs up. I liked it a lot. And, uh, we, we've seen bad ECW shows, but this was not one of them. This was a good one. Well, next week we're back up in that ass clash of the champions. 33, 1996 WCW. So good. Uh, We're very early in the NWO run Hollywood Hogan defending the title, which has now been spray painted against Ric Flair. I mean, an undercard with Dean Malenko and Rey Mysterio. And what about Luger and sting against the Harlem heat and the outsiders or the Steiners rather. There's just so much good stuff. I'm really excited to cover this show with you next week. And, uh, Tony, it feels like right now it's about that time. It is about that time, Conrad Thompson. Thank you very much for being with us this week on What Happened When, as we, uh, uh, Joel Gertner has come back in the ring now. He is wobbly. He has the microphone and he wants to, he is asked, oh, oh my God, he is asking for big dick. No, Joel, no. Oh, he gets choked out by big dick. We're desperately out of time. See you next week on What Happened When on Mondays. We're on Patreon on Wednesdays. We're on Westwood one and also on ad free shows. But as always, we want to say goodbye to our great fans on Patron. There's no better time to say, I love you. And the most hated jeweler in America is at it again. You've heard us say, I hate Stevensinger.com, And you've heard us rave about his famous roses, but Steven singer has been selling diamonds and bridal jewelry for four decades. Whether you have someone or something to celebrate, Steven is there for you. Ready to take the next step? Steven has a ready for love engagement ring collection. That's no hassle, no risk, expertly picked engagement rings that are ready to go. Don't worry. Steven won't let you mess this up. He's been selling online for over two decades, but recently he's kicked everything up a notch to better serve his friends and guests online. He has real expert jewelers on call to help you find the perfect ring or gift through new virtual video appointments, calls, texts, chats, or emails, all with extended hours. On top of that, he offers the best guarantee in the business with a full 100-day, 100% money-back guarantee and free shipping. Interest-free financing is available online, too, and that's just the beginning. Gifts that say I love you every single day, backed with decades of experience in the comfort of your own home, it's easy. Just go to IHateStevenSinger.com. Fast, free, and safe shipping. Steven Singer Jewelers. That's IHateStevenSinger.com. Hello? Good morning. Is Michael there? Yes, this is him. Hi, Michael. This is Dave Sova. I'm calling with Save with Conrad. How are you? Good. How are you, Dave? I'm doing great, my friend. I'm doing great. I've been telling you for a long time that SaveWithConrad.com can save you money, but don't take my word for it. Okay, so what made you come to Save with Conrad in the first place? I've been a listener to Conrad's podcast for a long time, and... 
you know, you keep hearing the commercials over and over, and you just wonder what can Conrad, you know, do for you. And I couldn't have been more happy with the experience that I was given, you know. I was able to save two months of mortgage payments and take, you know, an additional few years off my loan and, you know, get a better rate. Okay, so I see right here Jimmy helped you out through your through your process. How was it working with Jimmy? Jimmy was great. Always really responsive, always very helpful. Made the process super easy, you know. I was able to do it in the comfort of my own home, over the phone, not have to meet with anyone personally, and everything that I had a question about, he got back to me fast and made the process super easy to the point where I would recommend it to other people. Was there anything that we could have done better to make the experience for you smoother? No, I mean, I think it was as smooth as it can go with refinancing. How much money was uh, Save With Conrad able to save you? I would say about $50,000. That's awesome. Congratulations, my friend. That's so cool. If you could tell our podcast listeners anything about Save With Conrad, then what would you tell them? I would tell them to just, you know, give Save With Conrad a call. It's not going to hurt. They're not going to waste your time if they can't do anything for you. But if they can do something for you, they're going to be helpful. Make the process as easy for you as possible save you some money and make your life a whole lot easier especially during the times that we're in so what are you waiting for find out how much money you can save right now for free you don't need perfect credit or money out of your pocket even credit scores in the 500s can be approved and if we can't save you money we won't waste your time but because we're licensed in more than 40 states we can help more families than ever before find out how much money you can save right now for free at savewithconrad.com oh and did i mention you could skip your next two house payments Hurry to SaveWithConrad.com. NMLS number 65084, Equal Housing Lenders. Woo!